ale Rivenix se Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I'm Michael, and today I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts from Two Chicks in a Horror Flick, Tawny and Felicia. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Super excited so to good. be here. Ugh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you guys are here, not to be here, but that you guys are here because I was just on your guys' podcast last weekend, and now you guys are on mine. So it's like ugh, the perfect segue, I think. We're like totally legit at each other's Valentines. I think so, too. Oh, we are. Yes. How cute. Yes. We're each other's horror podcast Valentines. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys could be on today. Thank you so much for wanting to come on. I'm uh, I'm over the moon about it. I'm, I'm so excited. Like, I've been, like, literally all week. I was like, oh, I get to record with Tawny and Felicia this weekend. I get to record with Tawny and Felicia. And then finally it came, and I was like, yes. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having us. Of course. I know we're excited to be here. So yeah. So do you want to uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast? Do some like shameless plug-in type stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We have a podcast where we talk about horror movies. <laughs> um, uh, where Tawny and I talk about horror movies and we have some whiskey and uh, we absolutely love it. What? And it's called Two Chicks in a Horror Flick. And uh, we post weekly. And what else, Tawny? What else about this? (laughs) I think that about covers it. I just, again, we should have practiced this. (laughs) But oh well. I mean, that's that's about it, though. We, we, you know, we met and um, and discovered our love for horror. Uh, We had a we actually had a conversation where we were we were in a business coach coach. I'm sorry, a business course together, and we met to talk about that. And then somehow mentioned liking scary movies and then talked for two hours about horror movies. And at the end of it, we have developed a podcast idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I I love that because I just love how horror uh, just brings people together. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Like it just, it just brings people together. And, you know, being a part of this podcast community for the last year, it's like, to see everybody come together and just support each other. It's just been amazing. So that that's not, that's awesome. You guys <laughs> that you guys knew each other for two hours and you're like, let's do a podcast. That, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were like, it happened. It developed over the course of what Felicia, like 12 hours. Like we yeah. were like, like after recording, we were like, you know what? Like the next day, I think we were like, you know, maybe we should actually just do like a podcast where we talk about horror movies. And then we were like, oh my God, that's a great idea. Like we should totally do that. Let's, what What about the names? And we like, it just over the next few hours, it was like, we were 
the like super excited children again, yeah. like that childlike excitement. And yeah. it, we were just like, we have to do this. So yeah, we were we balls are. to the wall. We, we had a website by the end of that 12 hours, social media. <laughs> we, we were ready. I made our podcast cover. <laughs> yes. Like it was like, <laughs> damn, <laughs> you guys were just on a roll with it. You're like, let's do this and this and this and this. And yeah, you guys are, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you guys decided to come together and join forces and do a podcast because let me let me talk about you guys for a second. Let me gush about you guys. You guys are two of the most lovely women I've ever met in my entire life. You. you guys are so, so amazing. And not just your podcast, but you as people in general. You guys are both just so... Uh, you guys are just such beautiful souls, and I love both of you so much. But on top of that, like you also have a very, very entertaining podcast. I love... I just love your guys' podcast so much. I love all the information that you guys bring into it. All Everything that you talk about, it's just so in detail. And you guys just have, like, a specific... You guys have just a very nice structure. Like, it's just a very fun listening experience. So I would encourage people who are listening to this who haven't checked out Tawny and Felicia at Two Chicks and a Horror... Chi- Two chicks and a horror flick. Please go check them out. So oh, thank you, know, you for those legit kind words. Make me want to cry. And I know oh. I speak for Tawny and myself to say we feel the exact same way about you and about your podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, before we start, did you guys want to also tell them where they can find you? Yeah. So like social medias and all that. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, in our houses mostly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but please do not but, show up and like <laughs> no that'd be weird <laughs> um but we're mainly on instagram that's like kind of our hub and then we also have a, a private facebook group just for free that we kind of put some extra links and stuff like information related to the to like whatever we're talking about that week and we kind of have some interaction in there which is really really fun we have a really great group of people in that uh facebook group and you can also email us, and we have a website, so two chicks in a horror flick dot com, two chicks in a horror flick at gmail dot com. Yep, we have a awesome. Twitter, two chicks hf hf, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome guys, I love it. Um, yeah, and keep doing what you guys are doing because your podcast is amazing. And again, thank you for coming on today. So I'm very, very excited, very over the moon about it. So oh, me too. We are too. We're so excited. I'm excited to talk about this. Ooh, me too. Um, so what movie are we talking about today, you guys? The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. Uh, in my opinion, the best exorcism movie that's ever been made. I don't know. That might I don't know if that's what other people think, but this film, I I love this mm. film. So I, I think it's one of the best exorcism films, if not the best exorcism film ever made. So oh, wow. I really wanna do I really want to do a part two where we watch the other one <laughs> because we put up against this movie, mm-hmm. The Last Exorcism. Yep. And I really think it's worth talking about that one too. Oh, I agree. Maybe we should That's... do a month of exorcisms. Ooh. I'm really, just curious. I'm, I, I find this topic very, very intriguing and um, I would love to see more Exorcist because I've seen The Exorcist several times um, and then the one that uh, Tawny just mentioned, this is the first time watching this one. I would love to see, I would love to see more. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's something that we should definitely put in the books for sure at some point. I think maybe the month of October or something we could do like a, Ooh, yeah. Like a, yeah, that would be fun. So 
Um, but I guess before we start, uh, what have you guys been up to? Have you guys watched anything, you know, good this week, this past week? If I can jump in and go first, because I just started watching Crime Scene, um, the new Netflix. Uh, so Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. That was about Elisa Lam. And it is so far really good. It's, it's, it goes into, at first I was hesitant to watch it because I've seen so many true crime podcasts and YouTube channels that cover this. And I was like, I'm not going to watch a whole documentary series on this because I've already seen it. I'm such a little snot because that's not even close. They add a lot more elements about the hotel and the people in the hotel and it's just a bunch of stuff I didn't know. So it's very, it's really good. It's well done. And my husband said that it was created uh, by the people who created the Night Stalker series Ooh, on Netflix. Okay. So it's well done. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I'm, I've been fascinated with the uh, Elisa Lam case since that whole thing happened. I think it's very fascinating. I think it... There's so many unanswered questions and so many like, what the hell is going on here? Because it's it's a it's a very chilling case in my opinion. Like, it's just it's just very interesting. But yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's that that sounds really good. I haven't really been watching much actually, which is weird because I'm usually watching so much. But the one thing that we're just we're literally about to finish is this Hulu show called Harlots, (laughs) and it's like. I think it's like a BBC show, <laughs> but it's on Hulu and it is like weirdly good. Like I thought I was really not going to like it and it's pretty entertaining. And so we have literally one episode left to watch and they canceled it after this third season. So it's the last, last one. So that's kind of what I've mostly been watching. And I'm sick. Can I also plug real quick that I'm so excited because it came out literally yesterday and we're going to watch it probably later today is the new To All the Boys I've Loved Before movie (laughs) on Netflix. (laughs) Not horror related at all. Very excited to watch it. Very sappy, very cheesy. Yeah, cheesy, good fun. Um, Yeah, no, that's funny that you bring that up because I literally just watched um, After We Collided on Netflix because I've seen the first one. Uh, why do I put, why do I watch stuff like this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the second one is literally, I don't know if either one of you have seen After We Collided yet. It's literally no. just scene after scene of them like having sex with each other. That's really all this <laughs> film is. Like the first one, the first one at least had some sort of a plot. This one's just them like going back and forth like, okay, let's have sex in my office. Okay, let's have sex in my apartment. Okay, let's have sex here. It's just like, Softcore so, porn. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then you throw, you know, Dylan Sprouse in the mix in this film for whatever reason. Weird. He's, yeah. He's randomly in this film. Like, I mean, he has a purpose for being there, but it's just like, I feel like this was a film that they were like, oh, let's just throw Dylan Sprouse in here for the sp- sake of throwing him in here. I don't know. It just, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. I think the first one is okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super impressed by the first one either, but like, the second one's just like, ugh. I was watching it, and I'm just, like, sitting here like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Another <laughs> sex scene. Okay, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. But um, other than that, uh, I just, I haven't really been watching that much this week either, um, to be honest. And that's kind of crazy with me. Well, we did have to watch two movies for each other. Right. Right? Like That's true. We did. Yeah. yeah. We had to watch a lot of movies between 
our podcast and doing a podcast with you. And yeah. yeah. Well, I did actually watch Jennifer's body again with my sister because she had never seen it. And I was like, Oh my God, what? you have to watch it. I know she liked it though. She really liked it. And I was like, okay, yes, good. I'm so glad. So yeah, I watched, I just watched that with her yesterday. Um, and then watched Emily, uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose, um, last night as well. So yeah. Got a lot of, got a lot of, uh, not very many things going on this week. So yeah, I don't know. I haven't really watched anything else this week, which is kind of surprising with me because normally I'm always watching something, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, nothing new for me really. Just watched, uh, you know, same stuff mostly. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Do we want to get into the five question lightning round guys? Yeah. Let's do it. All Let's right. It. I'll go first. Because I have the questions in front of me and I know how to do this. Okay. Um, I want to ask both of you. Okay. Is there a movie that you will not watch? Well, I feel like I always say The Human Centipede. So I'm going to give a different answer for this one. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like um, movies that like involve like rape scenes in them. It doesn't... I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Like I'll... If I if I have to sit through it to get through the rest of the movie, I, I will. But it's just really hard for me. Like, it, is, it makes me very uncomfortable. So, like, the I Spit on Your Grave films, for example. Like, I can watch the ending part of those films, like, with the revenge aspect. But, like, I always skip over, like, the, the parts at the beginning because it just uh, doesn't sit well with me. I'm not a fan. So, yeah, the, I would, that, would, that would probably be my, be my answer. So Okay. I would say a Serbian film. Have you seen that, Michael? I f- have not. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm kind of scared to watch it. Me too. I think it might be the one that I might, I would never, because it's so dark and so, and seems so just trying to be mm-hmm. so dark and terrible that I, I don't know. That's That's the one for me that I feel like I... Yeah. I don't know that I'll ever watch it. I also think the 120 Days of Sodom would be really awful to have to oh, sit yeah. through, too. Like, I haven't seen that one, but I've just heard so much. And I'm like, I don't know if I ever want to watch either one of those films. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Like, I think I could go my whole life without ever having to watch any one of those. So, yeah. Yeah, like, what is too far? Like, there, even though we all love horror, there's there are still movies that are just... You're like, no thanks. Yeah, they just cross a certain line and it's just like, oh, yeah. I don't need to watch that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good question, Felicia. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I think Tawny came up with it, but I'll take the credit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tawny, your turn. Okay. I want to ask, realistically, who would you be in a horror movie? Like, not aspirationally, but, like, who would you actually be? Mm. This is for both of us, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Felicia, do you have one? Because I'm, I'm going to take a second to think about this. Hitting us with the um, difficult questions today there, Tawny. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, gosh. I'm, yeah, my, my mind is racing through different people. I'm going to pick, I think... Jess Bradford from Black Christmas because I feel like I feel like I would be the person except when she goes upstairs like I would have went out in into the into the yard and not been like trying to go you know up there and investigate but I liked all of the decisions she made mm-hmm. you know I thought it was really I'm really paranoid so I'm not going to be doing shit that's <laughs> 
<laughs> going outside and checking things out or just, I, I don't know. I thought that her decisions just off the top of my head, um, cause I didn't prepare these questions, um, uh, that sh her decisions, uh, the, the, like calling the police, telling the police what happened, all of that sort of stuff is things I would do. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's what I would pick. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. So you're, I, and I'm not super badass. Like I think of some other right. people that would be like fighting monsters and chasing people down. I'm like, that's not me either. <laughs> Can I break the rules and answer my own question? Absolutely. Go for I it. <laughs> I would be Eddie Kasprak from it. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. So much anxiety, and I, I am grossed out by a lot. So <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I want to. Oh man, this is a tough one because. If we're not talking about who we would ideally like to be, I can't say who I would ideally like to be. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I want to say Drew Barrymore and Scream, but I feel like I'd be smarter than her. So I'm like, do I really <laughs> like I feel like I wouldn't <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't just stop running and just like stand there. I would run. I would book it as fast as I could. I don't know. But like, I just feel like that would be me in that situation. Like that, I would be like a fucking blubbering, sobbing mess on the floor if that ever happened to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'd have to go with Casey Becker, I think from Scream. So. Okay. Yeah. That's a fun one. Cause it's like, everybody wants to be real cool, but like if you were actually faced with a situation like this, <laughs> we, we all over, I think sell ourselves. Like we think we'd be real badass, but probably not. <laughs> Yeah, my, my answer was going to be, if I could be anybody, ideally, it would be Erin from your next, because she is a badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's good yep. at setting traps, she's smart, she's beautiful, and she's a badass, so. Yeah, I legit just said I wouldn't go upstairs and save my friends. But, like, seriously, <laughs> what can I do? Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's why you would survive, so. Yes. There we go. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so my first question for you guys is, this is kind of a fun one, so I want to do it again. I think this is one that I'm going to use probably every time that I think I do an episode, I think I'm going to do this question. So if you guys could assemble a wrestling team of five horror movie villains to go off against each other, who would you pick and oh, why? Oh, shit. You oh, switched shit. it up on you us. You switched it up. A wrestling against each other? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, oh. just imagine, like, because um, <laughs> I did this question when I did Alien with Sergio and Cody from the Horror Bandwagon podcast, and I asked this question, and, and Cody went into, like, super huge detail with it, and it was great. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to ask this question every time now. <laughs> oh, Shit. Man. We, we prepped I was for ready a different. Yeah, we prepped for a different one. <laughs> so, um. Uh, okay, but, okay so our teams are facing off against each other. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, um, so like you can, so you can pick two, I guess, to go head to head against another two. So like if you wanted to have like mm. Pinhead and then Pinhead mm. recruit somebody else to come in and like tag team for him. And then you have two mm -hmm. others and then you can have somebody else as like a referee or something. I don't know. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but our teams are facing off against does that make sense what I'm asking? I, like, I'm going to pick the ones that I want to go against each other for me. Yes. yes. Yeah, and then Felicia's yeah. going to have her own. Okay, okay. Yeah. We're not, we're not battling each other, Felicia and I. No. You know, actually, that, that might actually be kind of fun if you guys would rather do that. What, battling each other? Yeah. 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 You guys have, you guys pick uh, five and Felicia picks five and yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to pick my five. Okay, go ahead. 
Or should you go? No, you go, and then I'll, I'll counter you. Okay. Five <laughs> people that are going to wrestle your five people. Okay. So I pick Pyramid Head. Shit. Okay. I should have gone first. <laughs> I pick J- uh, Pyramid Head, Jason, Leatherface, Annie Wilkes. <laughs> I think it would be so fun. Um, and uh, Kayako. Ooh, Shit. Damn. These uh, are heavy fucking hitters. Yeah. Okay, wait. Tell me them again. Pyramid Head, Jason, Annie Wilkes. Leatherface. Leatherface. And Kayako. Okay. All right. I had to write these down so that I can uh, properly counter them. Sorry, Tawny. I think you're uh, going to lose. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> she might. What you don't know is now I have the tactical advantage because I know what Felicia is putting forward. So. All right. In mm, order that's to true. counter. Let's see. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. In to put up against Pyramid Head, I'm gonna go with the Cloverfield monster. Ooh, mm. okay. Because he's real big. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's real big, and this is the reason why. <laughs> and if anything is gonna take down Pyramid Head, it could be the Cloverfield monster. I think that's just yeah. my assertion. Okay, on to Jason. I. I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, Predator, the Predator. Oh. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that is. It's cool. good. Okay. And then against Annie Wilkes, can I choose? <laughs> you, you can just tell me if this is against the rules. Michael. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll change it. The zombie horde from Train to Busan. No, that's not. Nope. The entire horde? Yes. You ass. Uh, that might be cheating a little bit. You wrote, <laughs> let's let's stick it to one person, Tawny. One, one person. One yeah. zombie from Train to Busan. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Definitely and don't I, think Annie Wilkes would be able to uh, sledgehammer her way out of that. I don't think so either. I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't know. Um, okay, against Leatherface, I'm going to say... Oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm going to say, I think I just got pen on my face. Okay. I'm going to say, oh, this is, this is tough. These last couple are really tough, I think. See, we take shit seriously. Like, I like we're it. legitimately taking, we're, we're trying to pick an Olympic team right I now. I know. <laughs> this is I too much. It. Are we? <laughs> I just want to win, okay? Uh, I'm going to put up against By the way, all your picks aren't necessarily going to win. Okay, I mean, we can chat it out. But you know what I'm saying? We can chat it out. I'm going to say Freddy. Okay. okay. To go against Leatherface? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, cool. And then to combat Kayako, first of all, I just want to say Kayako, in order to kill my person... My person has to go inside that house. So mm-hmm. she's very limited in her powers. <laughs> yeah, but once you're in that house. Mm. You are kind of fucked. So in order to combat her, I'm going to say Pennywise. Okay. Oh, Ooh, that'd be a fun one. Yeah. Okay. That'd be fun. Supernatural. 
yeah. against fire with fire, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. I think that's my favorite. I'd love to see that. Same. Oh, yeah. Let's uh let's uh get this uh let's get this going. Can we make a movie about ding, this? Ding. Yeah. <laughs> WWE, you know, horror villain edition. Can we get that? Can we get that in the works, people? I think that would be great. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I love it. Oh man, that was a fun one, guys. Um, I think I'd win. I think I win with my team. But to be fair, you think... you put yours out first, and I had to. I got to counter them. And I still think that they would be two really good battles because I think so too. in all of those different things, on my side and your side, all of these people have been beaten. Mm-hmm. So you know the mm-hmm. zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, there's like a lot of different ones where you just never know. You don't. We'll have to. Yeah. We'll have to hash that out later. That'll be yeah. A, Continuing yeah. discussion. Because, I mean, yeah, that Cloverfield monster's big, but uh, the Pyramid Head? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He does rip know. skins off. Yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> but I thought you were going to go, yeah, but she was only a human, so I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, you're right. Like, I say that that's back. Like, that's like Pyramid Head's like, special move in the ring. Like He just rips their skin off and throws, oh. the, bloody, throws the bloody skin into the audience, and everyone's oh, yeah. like, yeah, woo! Ugh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Yeah, that All was right. a fun one, you guys. So, Felicia, question number two. All right. All right. Um, question number two is, what's your second favorite genre after horror? Hmm. Tawny, do you want to answer this first or no? Totally up Ugh. to you. Uh, I can go. I think it's probably action. It's a good one. It's a good genre. I, 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 I don't know. I, I tend to tear apart action movies sometimes. I know they're action movies for a reason, but I'm like, that would never happen. But they're still fun. I think they're still fun. Right. I think that's the thing I like about them is that they're just like entertaining to sit down and watch. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm going to have to go with like romantic comedies. I okay. just like romantic comedies. Yeah, they're yeah. they're fun. They're fun, cheesy, you know, turn your brain off for an hour, laugh, you know, maybe cry. So, hmm. yeah, romantic comedies. I'm going to do what Tawny did, and I'm just going to say mine is drama. <laughs> nice. I like to torture myself and bawl, and I just really love to be moved intensely emotionally. So I love dramas. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, I just want to be miserable today so let me be miserable yeah. i'm just gonna put this <laughs> yeah. movie in <laughs> oh man i love that all right tawny my turn yep okay uh this is kind of a podcast and a horror movie related so it's a little bit of a crossover but is are there any and somebody asked us this in our q a section that we did at the end of 2020 and i thought it was like a really really good question mm-hmm. are there any episodes that you've done that you have like dreaded talking about the movie Hmm. Hmm. and why nothing comes to mind right now um but i think in the future i'm sure there will be i'm sure there'll be some (laughs) a couple of movies that i'm like oh please don't pick this one please don't pick this one um but no not not so far i think I think so far, I think I've done some really fun ones. I've had some really good conversations about a lot of fun films and 
Yeah, I, I know this is probably the most boring answer in the world, <laughs> but for me, I haven't I had, I haven't really honestly encountered any that I haven't enjoyed so far. So I'd have to say, no, not yet, but I'm sure in the future, Halloween Resurrection, The Grudge from <laughs> yeah. 2020, I'm not excited about having to rewatch any of those movies, so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I would have to say, um, I know one time someone asked us this, and at first I said Antichrist because I was nervous. Um, because of the content and I was telling people that they should watch it and it's pretty graphic. But if I really think about it, I was really excited to talk about that movie, especially when we opened and I knew Tawny loved it. So that was awesome. And I have to go and um, back because Tawny actually brought this up and it really got me thinking that this is totally accurate. I would have to say uh, Little Monsters and only because it was a fan pick mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. So, like, I really want to love movies that are recommended to us, right? Because I appreciate they're recommended to us, and I didn't like this movie, um, and so I was nervous. I, I just, I dreaded saying that I didn't like it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I watched Little Monsters. It's been, God, years, probably over a decade, I'm sure. I, so I think you're thinking of the older one, and it's the I think because it was done in 2019 oh. with Lupita yeah. Nyong'o. Yeah, it's oh. not the one with the blue monster that I thought it was too. Uh, with Howie Mandel, it's not that one. Oh, okay, because I haven't seen the one with uh, Lupita, so I'll have to check that one out. Is that the one that you don't like, Felicia? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tawny yeah. did though. I liked Tawny it. Loved it. So you might love it too. Okay, I'll have to check it out. But yeah, I, th- I thought you were talking about the old one. <laughs> so no, I haven't seen that in years either. But. <laughs> All right, so it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Hmm. So this is a podcast question as well. So I'm just kind of, I tried to sprinkle some more podcast questions because I feel like the last episodes that I've done, I haven't done enough of like podcast questions. So here we go with the first one. So what has been your guys' favorite experience when it comes to doing this podcast? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, like single experience, like when we did this or like, uh, okay, I'm, I'll answer and tell me if, if you're like, oh shit, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, maybe this is too broad, so I'm just going to answer, and it's like it's two things. But uh, one would be um, the connections that we've made in the community, or is this too broad? Is this okay? No, okay. that's perfectly <laughs> fine. No, like just any just any positive experience that you've had during this. Like it can be like a specific memory that you and Tani had, um, a specific episode that you guys liked talking about a lot, or you know, just anything anything as broad as that even. Okay, definitely all of the new friends and the support and how exciting it is to be a part of this horror community, 100%. And also um, my absolute love and friendship with Tawny. Like it's so, I don't know, we've just become so close and, um, and we we're able to create this thing together that lights us up. Yeah. That feels so good to be doing something that really just sets fire to my soul um, and doing it with somebody that I like so much. She's just a, an amazing human being. So I would say, I know that's two, but that's what I love the most. <laughs> I love it's really, that. it's hard to pick one. 
because there are so many like you know right off the mm-hmm. top of my head I, I feel like you know being a guest or having guests on ours are really great like our patreon member was great like the the first review that we got from somebody that I'm sorry I'm just giving you a list of honorable mentions right now (laughs) um but the first time that we got a review that was like super positive from someone we don't we didn't even know like that was a really great experience because it felt like oh god okay we're actually doing this and people are people are responding this isn't just like one of our friends you know what I mean like yeah pretending to be it's it's a it's a stranger to us yeah but I will say if I had to pick just one thing and put it on top I do I think our (laughs) I would say our recording of oh god it's hard to pick because there's two that come to mind that I feel like were spot on that we really really enjoyed but Mm. I'm gonna go ahead and just put recording Black Christmas together Mm. like there was something about recording that episode where our energies just like fucking matched and we just were so Mm. excited about the movie both together it was like it was just awesome it just transcended all of the other experiences and we like immediately left recording that episode and we were like we think that's our best episode like yeah. so far yeah. right so mm-hmm. that was a really great I don't that's know that's a good one that moment. is a solid episode I love that episode from you guys I I highly I've actually listened to that episode more than once because I liked it that much so, oh my god thank yeah, you yeah you you hit the nail on the head with that one so yeah that was a good one Who's turn it? Oh, I think it's Felicia's again, right? Oh, it's mine again. So. I think so. Okay. No, you're good. <laughs> okay, what uh, what horror subgenre are you most likely to survive? Hmm. I would probably say. I would probably say slasher. Just because I feel like. I've seen so many films, like I know what not to do. <laughs> like I guess <laughs> yeah. it would just I guess it would also depend on what slasher I'm going against though. Cause like if I'm going against like Jason Voorhees, no fucking chance. I don't think I would survive that. Really? But, I mean then again, maybe I would because I don't camp anyway, so that would be a place <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's a place that I wouldn't be in in the first place. So we're throwing him off the table. But if I had to go against someone like Ghostface or Leatherface or something like that, I don't know. I feel like I could survive. So Okay. Seems like the most realistic realm of <laughs> chance of survival, in my opinion, but. That's fair. I have a similar answer in that mine is zombie, <laughs> a zombie movie, because I've watched so many of them and I am thinking the whole time, oh, that's a good idea or that's a bad idea. Or I'd go and hold up like somewhere, bunker down. You got to create traps, you know, you got to mm-hmm. figure out what kind of zombies you're dealing with. So I feel like that would be my best chance of survival. Um, and I have like dreams about it sometimes. Like sometimes I have like dreams where I'm in a zombie apocalypse and it's never scary because people will be like, oh my God, that sounds terrifying. I'm like, no, it's fucking awesome. I'm like a (laughs) major action star just killing shit and surviving. I love that. (laughs) Oh man. All Uh, right, Tawny. Okay. Oh, we don't have another one, but I do have... I have another one that's, like, more podcast-focused. Is it okay if I ask that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. If you were to start a second podcast about a different topic, what would that topic be? (laughs) Oh, 
I have um, quite a few ideas that I've tried throwing around to people and they're like, I don't have time for that. Um, I would love to do a, (laughs) I would love to do a podcast because I kind of got inspired by listening to another podcast that does like this same thing. Um, They literally go through the film Titanic scene by scene and they like picking it like every episode they do. They talk about like one scene in Titanic and I think they're up to episode like 10 or 11 and it's just such a fun episode. It's just a fun podcast because I'm obsessed with the Titanic, um, not just with the film, but with the history of it itself. So I would okay. love to do a podcast where I could just talk about that because I just obsessed with the Titanic, everything about it. Um, that or I would love to do a podcast on One Tree Hill because that is like my favorite TV ah. show that's ever been made. So I would literally just have like a never ending podcast that would probably last <laughs> like nine years of me just going episode by episode, season by season, talking about every single episode so I think those are like the two that I would most love to do but I haven't found anybody that wants to do them with me yet so (laughs) oh maybe now that you put it out there somebody will write to you and be like that's me oh hopefully hopefully discover me (laughs) (laughs) discover the podcast yeah come on (laughs) oh fun all right so I just realized this is not a great question for Felicia because she has another podcast (laughs) no this is a great question for me actually because um I'm going to say two as well, because I do have another podcast. (laughs) And um, so I have another podcast where I invite people, they share their experiences of dealing with um, trauma or um, uh, depression, you know, all, all different types of things. And they share their stories and how they've overcome those different things in hopes to inspire others that may be going through the same thing so that they feel that they know that they're not alone and hopefully inspire them um, along their healing journey. So I do have that podcast. I'm super passionate about that. Um, and then, but, uh, and, not but, and I would do a true crime podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I'm just very, I, I would dig it. <laughs> yeah, true crime would be a fun one to do too. I'm kind of kicking myself for not saying that as well. Because like, I'm like, I listen to true crime. Aside from horror, that's like all I listen to is true crime and horror. But yeah, yeah. No, no, those those are good, and I I'll have to check out your other podcasts, Felicia. Oh, thank because you. Because I thank love you. I love the sound of that. I think it would be a very like relaxing podcast to listen to. I think. Oh, it's I really great. It. There's some heavy content. It's here with Felicia Connor, mm-hmm. and um, there there are some that are are heavy. Some episodes that are really heavy, and then there are some that are just more like healing resources and um, inspirational. So yeah, I love that. Um, and that was the end of your guys' questions, right? Yes, sir. So would it be my third question now? Oh, I wasn't I counting. I think it would be my third. I think yeah. so, yeah. Okay, so I'll stop at three as well, just so that, you know, since you guys only did three each, I'll stop at three as well. Um, so this last question is just going to be, you know, a staple in this at this point. Um, so <laughs> actually, no, I don't want to do that question. I want to do a more fun question. So let's see. Let me think here for a second. I want to do fuck, Mary kill. So, (laughs) shit. I know this damn question. Okay. All right. Please pick good people. I don't know what good people would even be, though. But I know. I'm gonna. I know. Fucking. Fucking Cody from Horror Bandwagon, when he did it with us, he was like, fuck, Mary kill. You get Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, or Chucky. And I'm like, not any one of those people are attractive. Like, I don't want to marry any of them. And he's like, that's the point. It's supposed to be difficult. And I'm like, you could have at least picked hot people, because then it's more difficult for me to kill that hot person. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there you go. I like that. (laughs) Okay, so, all right. 
So, Stumacher from Scream, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, or Michael Myers. All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? Go. I'm ready, too. Okay. So go ahead. I'm going to start off by saying I would murder Michael Myers because he is the biggest threat. I don't think I could face off against him. Mm-hmm. So in order to just save my own life, I'm just going to right off the bat kill him. And then I'm going to... <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a psychopath. I'm going to fuck Stu because I kind of like Matthew Lillard. I think he's kind of an attractive guy. I'm kind of a fan of him. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I know that has more to do with him than his character. Shaggy, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. but not obviously not that version. <laughs> um, I'm thinking more like 13 Ghosts, Matthew Lillard. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yes, very attractive. Mm-hmm. Okay, to me at least. And then I'm going to marry Patrick Bateman just because I feel like there's, like, the potential for, like, a power couple thing happening there. Even though he's, like, a total fucking psychopath. I don't know. There's, like, something there that I think appeals to me in a... If he didn't murder me, like, we could long-term be a team. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I like that. Yeah. Good choices. All right. All right. So, fuck, Mary kill. I would also fuck Stu. Um... Because I think, you know, he has a lot of passion and creativity. That's true. There you go. One and done. Move on to the next. (laughs) Um, I would marry Michael Myers because I was thinking that he wouldn't kill me if he married me, right? And he's super dedicated to, like, one girl. And he's he's strong and he's silent, you know? True. I feel like... I could do my thing and he would protect me <laughs> and he would he would be very, very uh, loyal and dedicated. He'd just like never be around though. You know, like he'd just be like off. No, just on people. Halloween. Yeah, on he Halloween. would he would be around all days day. of the year except for one day. Uh, okay, all right, all right. And then imagine like recording podcasts, all that like it's silent, you know. Oh, it's, true. it's just quiet. <laughs> um and then kill. So I most definitely would kill Patrick Bateman and the reason is <laughs> He reminds me, this character reminds me of someone I used to work with Uh. who I very, very strongly disliked. And I would always say, I guarantee he's a serial killer. You just don't know (laughs) because he reminds me exactly of this guy, Yeah, you know, like totally. And so now, and I love this movie and this character is amazing, but I feel those feelings I'd kill that motherfucker. Not in real life. Not the guy I worked with. Not the guy I worked with. No. But this guy. <laughs> That's what I would do. I love that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you guys for participating in the um, horror question lightning round. That was fun. Yeah, that thanks for bringing us fun. really great questions. By the way, I have notes, literally, notes and notes on your other questions you've asked in the past. <laughs> And I this love was that. Just not necessary. <laughs> Felicia's right. We did prep like it was a test. <laughs> I love it. I love the dedication. You guys are so dedicated. Oh I love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, without further ado, guys, do you want to get into the film that we're discussing today? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, we are going to be discussing The Exorcism of Emily Rose that came out in 2005. Um, I just have some stuff that I pulled off IMDb right here that I'll uh, 
read off for you guys. So it was directed by Scott Derrickson. Um, he hasn't done a whole lot of stuff. Um, he's got more producing credits f- credits from what I saw on IMDb than directing credits, but he's directed some pretty, I guess, heavy hitters. Um, the Day the Earth Stood Still from 2008, Sinister from 2012. I wondered. Uh, it sounded mm-hmm. familiar, and we just talked about Sinister. Okay. Yeah. And how much I don't really like it that much. <laughs> yeah, we heard, we heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Deliver Us from Evil from 2014. So he's done he's done more than one, like, exorcism movie. So it's interesting. Mm. Um, the cast is, uh, top build is Laura Linney, which I fucking love in this movie. She's great in this mm. film. And she plays Aaron Bruner. And I didn't write a whole lot of stuff down of hers because I don't know her from, like, a lot of things. Like, she has a very recognizable face. But as yes, far as so things... Good. Yeah, but as far as things that I've seen her in, I've only seen her in, like, a handful of things. So The Big C, that's the television show that she was on from, like, 2010 to 2013. Uh, she's in Sully, that came out in 2016. And then she's in Ozark, which is a fantastic fucking oh, show. okay. And I don't so know if, good. It's so good. Oh. I don't know... Um, Tawny, you said you haven't seen it? I've only seen, like, the first half of the first season, I think. Mm. So good. So freaking good. I love it. Um, yeah, so Tom Wilkinson, who plays Father Moore, he, he's got quite a few stuff that I put down. Um, he's in Sense and Sensibility from 1995, Rush Hour from 1998, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Batman Begins, Selma from 2014, and Jenny's Wedding from 2015. Have hmm. you guys seen Jenny's Wedding? No. I think I have. It's the one with Katherine Heigl in it where she has um, mm-hmm. a girlfriend and she's basically coming out to her family. Oh, that's a good one. You'll have to check it out, Tawny. Okay. One of my favorites, actually. Sounds good. <laughs> so uh, Campbell Scott, who plays Ethan Thomas, he's from The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Uh, Royal Pains, he's in 57 episodes of Royal Pains. 19 episodes of House of Cards, and then he's going to be in the Jurassic World Dominion film that comes out in 2022 from what I saw on IMDb. So I can't wait. I know. (laughs) We're a big Jurassic Park family. Um, This is the boyfriend, right? No, this is the this is the guy that's um, going against Laura Linney. Oh, that's where I recognize him from. Prosecutor guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then the one and only Jennifer Carpenter as Emily Rose. Yeah. And I love her. Yeah, I so know. Good. I don't want to spend too much time gushing about her, but I I absolutely am like obsessed with Jennifer Carpenter. Have been for years. Um, but she's in a lot of great films. So White Chicks is the one that first comes to my mind. Oh wow. <laughs> she's the one that's like, look at my huge bedonke. That's the one I oh <laughs> that's like the scene I always think of when I think of white chicks. It's like her scene where she's like and this is Tina the Talking Tummy. That whole fucking scene is just great. Um, and she's in Quarantine, great, yes. another great film. Um, she's in Gone. She doesn't have like a huge part in that film, but she um, is friends with Amanda Seyfried's character in that film. That's a good Amanda Seyfried film. If you guys haven't seen Gone, you guys should see it. It's like a thriller, like mystery type thing. Mm. Um, she's in The Factory that came out in 2012 as well. And then she's in 96 episodes of Dexter, which... Yes. Mm, yep. Mm, such a uh, That good was show. the first time I was introduced to her or, like, recognized her. And, yeah. Yeah. Actually, when she came on, I was like, honey, that's Dexter's sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as far... I mean, that's, that's all I have is uh, cast lists because there wasn't anyone else really 
they were more, more supporting characters. So this was just like the main group of people that you see in the movie quite often. Um, did you guys have anybody that you wanted to throw out that was in this movie that you guys noticed? I do want to just say, though, like, I know you were like, we don't want to spend a lot of time gushing about Jennifer Carpenter, but oh my God, is she great. She is so good. I don't, I don't think I've seen those other ones. I have seen Dexter, which she was mm-hmm. pretty good in. Quarantine, she was phenomenal. But I think this might be the best role I've ever oh, watched her in. Yeah. I was so blown away. I mean, I, I had seen this movie once before, but I didn't remember like much of it. The only things I remembered from the first time I watched it were the scenes of her because yeah. she is so, so fucking good. convincing. As a person who was possessed, I just was flabbergasted by her. She was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And she's- my husband watched it with me and he's really skeptical. Um, he let, he loved it or he liked it. I don't know if he's ever like loved it, but, um, and he was like, wow, her acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it, like her acting ability in this film is insane. insane. Like absolutely like insane. Just like, the way that she screams in this film, like even like oh, her yeah. screams in this film are like chilling as fuck. Like she, all she has to do is scream. And I'm just like, Oh, that's scary. I don't know. It's, she's frightening in this film. Like there's, there's times when I watch this film and I'm like, was she honestly possessed in this, in this scene? Because she looks like she was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yes. I'm full, I'm fully sold on the idea that she was possessed during this, during the making yeah. of this film. Like, I don't know what took over her body when she was filming this, but uh, <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, her and Tony Collette, like, big cr- horror crushes on them. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so good. Um, yeah, but it was made from a, uh, it was made with a budget of $19 million. Um, the opening weekend was $30 million, so pretty good. Um, and then the U.S. gross overall was $75 million, and then the worldwide was 145 So this movie made a lot of money. Wow. A lot of money. That's surprising. Good. Even though, like, I feel like people in the horror sphere seem to like and talk about this movie, I don't, it just doesn't seem very prominent aside from that, you know? So I'm surprised mm-hmm. that it made that much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's, um like I said at the beginning, I think it's a very well-made film. I think, you know, and we'll get into it later, but I, I think this is one of the best fucking exorcism movies that's ever been made, honestly. Because there's there's more of a story behind it than just, like, especially with this scene or with this film specifically, I feel like there's, you know, a different take on the whole exorcism genre than there normally is with other exorcism movies of this type, because you, you don't get a whole lot of scary scenes. I mean, you do, but like, it's more so takes place in this courtroom. And I find the dynamic of that very interesting because, um, you know, you get a lot of like really scary scenes, but then you get like these courtroom scenes that are just very like, you know, kind of chill and you get more information as you go. And I just feel like, I've never seen an exorcism movie of that type that goes that route. So yeah, I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's very unique in that aspect. But um, as far as fun facts go, I wanted to pull off some fun facts here real quick. Um, so to prepare for the role, Jennifer Carpenter spent hours in a room full of mirrors. She tried out different body positions and facial expressions to see what was the scariest. So Wow. That really shows, actually, because mm-hmm. her moving around and like the contortionist part of what she's doing and to, to that I know of she's not a contortionist but her ability to like bend back and do like crazy shit especially with her face mm-hmm. like there there are a couple moments in this movie where you catch glimpses of like from different weird angles and it looks like her like her face is stretching or like it's 
contorting in a different way or like her body is like really crazy and I just was like I fucking love this because I like things that are scary but they're not too over the top like super demon face but they it's like that uncanny valley where it looks just it looks real Mm -hmm. but just off slightly and I think they really 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 hit the nail on the head with that with her oh I I agree 100% like and that actually uh, segues right into this next fact, actually, when you brought that up. So um, there were two dolls constructed for this film. The first was where Emily Rose would lock her limbs. The other was during the dorm scene where she's on the floor in a twisted position. The director ultimately never used a doll in the dorm room scene because he found out that Jennifer Carpenter is extremely flexible and decided that the ah. positions she was able to contort herself into were more unsettling than what could be accomplished with the dummy. So when Emily starts to bend over backwards in the church, Carpenter wore a harness to make the effect look more in human so it's just crazy yeah Ah. it's insane like because that scene that that's one of the scenes that really stands out to me like that scene is terrifying when uh jason wakes up and she's just laying on the mm -mm -mm, nope it was the one there were two scenes that i remembered from the first time that i watched this movie that stuck Mm -hmm. out to me and it's it's that one which i remembered as it was coming up i was like oh no here we go like this is like one of the scariest moments of this entire yeah. movie. And it is so fucking unsettling. And again, just because she's not doing anything, she's just holding still. But mm-hmm. she's looking right at his ass. Oh, it's, I have chills talking about it. So, so creepy. And then the barn exorcism yeah. scene. So good. So, oh my gosh, yeah. So so many memorable scenes in this film that have been burned into my brain. <laughs> that like I remember, because I remember... Um, and I, I think the reason why I love this movie so much also is because it touches on a more, um, what's the word, nostalgic level as well. Because I think we talked about how Jennifer's body in your guys' episode, how it was very nostalgic for me. This film is also very nostalgic for me because I remember I remember the time that it came out. And I was still in that like spot where I hadn't seen a whole lot of like super scary films. And people at school were talking about, oh my god, you got to see this movie, it's so scary. But this was the time when we weren't allowed to watch rated R movies at that time. So I remember my friend, one of my best friends that I've been best friends with since like fifth grade, we somehow got the film and we watched it at her house and her mom got, we got in so much trouble with her mom because (laughs) like her mom, because I guess they couldn't sleep that night. Oh yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. I guess they couldn't sleep that night, and their mom was like, well, why? And they're like, because we watched this really scary movie, and she was like, oh, she was not happy. Not only was it a rated R movie, but she was not about, like, demonic shit whatsoever. So oh, she yeah. was, we got in really big trouble with that, but <laughs> I remember it was, it was really terrifying, but I also really, really loved it, so <clears throat> very nostalgic for me. <laughs> but uh, I have one more fun fact here that I wanted to say so Dustin Milligan who plays Jason has described his audition for the role of Jason as the worst of his career Milligan got so caught up in the scene that he knocked a hole in the wall with his elbow he kept going attempting to mask the hole by lingering in front of it but the casting agents noticed (laughs) immediately and he was forced to pay for repairs (laughs) so that's funny that sucks (laughs) that's terrible (laughs) he got really he got really into it I guess so yeah well, but, and he, um, but he still got the role, so, I mean... Yeah, so it's probably a good thing. Yeah. There we go. He was able to, you know, pay for the hole in the wall and then some, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, before we get into the actual movie, I kind of wanted to um, give credit where credit's due, because so, this movie is 
technically loosely based off the true story of Annalise Michelle. And she um, basically kind of some of the stuff that happens in this film happened to her in real life. So I, I wrote up a little bit of a, a little bit of a biography of her. So I'll and get I into it. I just want to say, so you had mentioned that before, before we, um, we were recording that it's loosely based mm-hmm. and I like was reading through it and you're going to get into it. And I'm like, this is like spot on base. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. Spot on. <laughs> Yeah. So go ahead, Michael. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, and you, no, you, you are totally right about that though too. Because like some of the stuff that does happen, I, I just mean I think like loosely based when I say that because like some things I think are over dramatized for the for the sake of a film, and I feel like they do that with a lot of like true story aspect things. They like over dramatize it just for the sake of having it in the film. But like, no, I mean you are right. Like it definitely has so many things. When I was reading it as well, I was like, holy shit, yeah, this happens. And then this happened and that, yeah. So, um, excuse me. So what I have here is, uh, Annalise Michelle grew up devoutly Catholic in Bavaria, West Germany in the 1960s, where she attended mass twice a week. When Annalise was 16, she suddenly blacked out at school and began walking around dazed. Though Annalise did not remember the event, her friends and family said she was in a trance-like state. A year later, Annalise experienced a similar occurrence where she woke up in a trance and wet her bed. Her body also went through a series of convulsions, causing her body to shake uncontrollably. After the second time, Annalise visited a a neurologist who diagnosed her with a temporal lobe epilepsy, a disorder that causes seizures, loss of memory, and experiencing visual and auditory hallucinations. Um, Let's see. After her diagnosis, Annalise began taking medication for her epilepsy and enrolled in the University of Würzburg in 1973. However, the drugs she was given failed to help her, and as the year progressed, her condition began to te- began to deteriorate. I don't know how you fucking do this, Tawny. <laughs> I don't know how you do this two minutes with Tawny's segment without freaking fucking it up like I do. Anyway. <clears throat> However, the drugs she was given failed to help her, and as the year progressed, her condition began to deteriorate. Although she was still taking her medication, Annalise began to believe that she was possessed by a demon and that she needed to find a solution outside of medicine. She began to see the face of the devil wherever she went and said she heard demons whispering in her ears. When she heard demons telling her she was damned and would rot in hell while she was praying, she concluded that the devil must be possessing her. Annalise sought out priests to help her with her demonic possession, but all the clergy she approached rejected her requests saying that she should seek medical help and that they needed the permission of a bishop anyway at this point annalise's delusions had become extreme believing she was possessed she ripped ripped the clothes off of her body compulsively performed up to 400 squats a day crawled under a table and barked like a dog for two days she also ate spiders and coal bit the head off a dead bird and licked her own urine from the floor Whoa, 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 whoa hold on can we back up? And can you read me that list again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, believing she was possessed, she ripped the clothes off of her body, compulsively performed up to 400 squats a day, crawled under a table, and barked like a dog for two days. She also ate spiders and coal, bit the head off a dead bird, and licked her own urine from the floor. What in the actual fuck, you guys? Okay, first, I have so many questions. First of all, she ripped the clothes off of her body. Was this like a normal occurrence? Was this like a once a day deal? Like what? <laughs> I want to know how often this was happening. Probably a well, lot. Secondly, 400 squats a day. Can you imagine those thighs, dude? I can't even. You could crush 
rocks with your thighs <laughs> if you did 400 fucking squats a day. That is that that's crazy. Okay, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I just No, you're good. You're good. Whoa. Yeah, no, it's insane. Um finally she and her mother found a priest, Ernst Alt, who believed in her possession. He stated that she didn't look like an epileptic epileptic in later court documents yeah no shit i'm sorry do people with epilepsy eat coal and lick their own urine what okay i'm sorry i would i would have to say no to that (laughs) but uh yeah annalise wrote to all i am nothing everything about me is vanity what should i do i have to improve you pray for me and also once told him i want to suffer for other people but this is so cruel i'll petition the local bishop bishop Josef strangle I think that's how you say it, who eventually approved the request and granted a local priest, Arnold Renz, permission to perform an exorcism, but ordered that it be carried out in total secret. Over the next 10 months following the bishop's approval of the exorcism, Alt and Renz conducted 67 exorcisms lasting up to four hours. What? Yeah. And through these sessions, Annalise revealed that she believed she was possessed by six demons, Lucifer, Cain, Judas... Is scary. Judas Iscariot, Adolf Hitler, Nero, and Fishman, a disgraced priest. All these spirits would jostle for power of Annalise's body and would communicate from her mouth with a low growl. Throughout these section, throughout these sessions, Annalise would frequently talk about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. She broke the bones and ripped the tendons and tendons in her knees from continually kneeling in prayer over these 10 months annalise was frequently restrained so the priest could conduct exorcism rites she slowly stopped eating and she eventually died of malnutrition and dehydration on july 1st 1976 after her death excuse me after her death annalise's story became a national sensation in germany after her parents and the two priests who conducted who conducted the exorcism were charged with negligent homicide They came before the court and even used a recording of the exorcism to try to justify their actions. The two priests were found guilty of manslaughter resulting from negligence and were sentenced to six months in jail, which was later suspended, and three years of probation. The parents were exempted from any punishment as they had suffered enough, a criteria for sentencing in German law. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So very much like very very mm. very much like the movie and something yeah. i just want to add because that was that was awesome is um she was being treated by a psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. for um so there would be that one year when she first got the epilepsy and then five years so this is five years of taking medication because you know in the movie it's just been like a hot second right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah no she was treated by a doctor for over five years before there absolutely no change and her getting worse and worse and worse that they're finally like fuck we need we need a priest and the community the church community said she needed an exorcism yeah so it wasn't just like the parents it was it was everybody is like because they witness her like you know can't go into the into a church and like all of these different things like what the fuck Okay, I'm so intrigued by this. I didn't look up anything about this before we met to talk about this. So that's why I'm so shocked and these guys are not. (laughs) Just if you're listening and you're like, what what is happening with Tawny? I am shocked about this. I I, I just, I know that we don't really have like answers, but like what, what, 
what in the <laughs> fuck, you guys? That is crazy. Yeah. And the fact that, what did you say, 67 60, exorcisms? 67 exorcisms, yeah, over the next 10 months. Yeah. 10 months. Oh, my God. And they all lasted up to four hours. They have so, pictures oh of her too online. They have. They also have the audio, which I'm, which I'm debating of whether I want to include at the beginning of this episode Ooh. to start I it out. I am going to listen to that. I it's think you should. It's chilling. It's chilling. It's fucking scary. Like Ugh. some of the, oh, it, it's really scary. Like some of the noises that she makes in the vi- uh, audio. I'm like, Mm-mm, no, girl, no, ma'am. I wouldn't be in that room with her. Fuck that. So when I and I know we're not in the into the movie yet. I just want to say, um, <laughs> when I see these movies, uh. Uh, it terrifies me to think that that's a possibility and I don't lean towards the side of where I think that oh yeah demons can just take you over right um I but but when so when I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking it's loosely based on the story I'm like okay like some stuff happened to this girl and Mm -hmm. they blew it up in this movie then I read her story and I'm like shit is this real like yeah. this is this is yeah. crazy. Like what on earth? And they couldn't figure it out. They just kept saying it was that psychosis from epilepsy. But this yeah. is years and years and years of getting worse and worse, and the stuff that she did. And they're like, oh yeah, it's because she was really religious. Okay, okay. She, I've known very, very. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, but she was just a devout Catholic. I've known very devout Catholics before, and yeah, um, it's not. <laughs> necessarily just because she's devout catholic and had this psychosis from you know the the epileptic psychosis that now she's gonna do this shit you know what i mean it's just yeah well and for it to go on for so long like i i feel like that is kind of i am also kind of a skeptic i lean a little bit more towards okay well what else is happening here could it just be mental illness like and as, as soon as you know you st- even in the movie when she's talking about oh there's six people inside of me i'm thinking Okay, is this some sort of, you know, version of multiple personality mm-hmm. disorder that's coming through in a very extreme way? But to then have all of this mounting evidence, especially other people, even aside from the family, who are like, I mean, you know, they're the church group, so maybe they're also a little bit more poised to believe that she is being possessed. But the fact that there were so many people over such a long period of time and drugs didn't help and there were medical professionals involved and those people seem to not t- to have been able to like nail anything down. It yeah. does make you go, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because the things like the church people, um, the uh, church community saw is like she had a, 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 an aggressive aversion to crucifixes or anyone who said, jesus's name or like like what would you think you know right and because before that she's just this she's a very devout catholic who believes in these things and has devoted her life to loving jesus and being a good catholic and now she's like saying things about jesus like in this weird demonic way what are they gonna think <laughs> yeah in the real story, do they offer up an explanation for why? Is it because in the movie, right, they say, oh, she was just like a sensitive being and she was like more open to these things. Do they? Is there anything like that that they're asserting in the real story? See, I don't know. I, I didn't okay. see anything like that. Um, you're, you're talking about like when they were in court, correct? Like if they like brought up anything in court as... As far um, as that goes, not necessarily just in or general. just what people are saying in general, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they. Uh, oh, uh, so no, they didn't. They just thought that she was 
possessed by the devil, but to what um, Michael said when she was saying of suffering for other people, that it almost like, not that she was thinking she was Jesus, but someone... Um, A martyr of sorts. Yeah, yeah, to suffer for the wayward youth. And no, they just, there's 13 different sets of criteria that someone has to meet all of those in order to be approved for an exorcism. Mm -hmm. And so I think that she fit all of those and then they're like, okay, yeah, she's probably got some demons. (laughs) <laughs> we better get them out she, need, she needs some Jesus <laughs> but yeah it's it's a crazy fucking story like even when I was like looking this up I was like holy shit like because I, I loosely have researched Annalise Michelle before because her, her story has fascinated me but it's been a really long time since I went back and like actually like read you know in detail like what exactly happened so I was like holy shit like 67 exorcisms like that to me is just like blows my yeah, mind yeah because you can think oh maybe the parents were just like this you know this crazy religious and they you know they abused her but yeah. the thing is for five years she was seeking medical attention mm-hmm. so that really wasn't the case it wasn't like you know one year screw the medical we're pretty sure it's demons and now we're going <laughs> right. to tie her up that's uh, not yeah. that they s- tried to seek out um specialists and everything for her for so many years and their, their their last resort was okay. It's it's got to be a, a spiritual thing. What could it hurt to do an exorcism? Right, and and not to mention that you know according to this film, and I don't know if this is like Bible, but Father Moore even says it in the film. He's like, you have to have the um, person's permission to even have an exorcism. Like the person mm-hmm. that's affected by it has to give their permission. So I feel like she would have had to give her permission to do that many exorcisms. So I don't know. Yeah, she did. She reached out and asked the um, the wow. father to help her. To yeah. please help her because she was suffering so much. I'm really hung up on these 400 squats, y'all. I know it's like a dumb stat, like in comparison to all the other ones, but like. 400 <laughs> just... squats a day, though, dude. That's crazy. But if you think about it, um, she was malnourished. She was dehydrated. She's eating bugs. Yeah, drinking exactly. Drinking urine and doing 400 squats a day. It's that, um, because that is one of the signs of being, is supernatural physical strength. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, I can't even get off my couch sometimes, you know? Maybe <laughs> what the fuck are you out here doing 400 squats a day eating bugs, okay? Like, I've heard they're high in protein, but listen, you can't just, okay? It's weird. <laughs> Poor right. thing. I feel so bad. For I know. Her. It does suck, yeah. It's really terrible. And especially, too, for her like family to have to go through the court. And yeah. uh, of yeah. course, peop- probably people looked at them like, oh, you know, her you fucked them up. Charged. You fucked your daughter up. In this one, that would be a difference. Is her parents were also okay than the priest. It's just yeah. so sad. Either how terrifying to be possessed by demons, or overcome with such a um, psychosis that that is your life for years and years and years, and you can't control it. I just feel so sad for her. Yeah, it is. It's really sad, and I feel like they do a really good job in this film, like portraying that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like. I feel like, and that's another reason why I love this film so much is that they, they, you know, like you said, Felicia, they really do stay true to a lot of like stuff that actually happened. Like they don't, they, I mean, I feel like the barn scene obviously is very over dramatized. I don't think anything mm-hmm. like that ever happened. You know, some of like the, the scenes that you get in between, I don't think those ever happened in real life, but you know, for the most part, I feel like they stayed true to the, her story. And I feel like this movie pays very good respect to that story. Like, yeah. I don't feel like they did anything, like, 
distasteful in this film at all. I don't, I feel like they did a very good job keeping it tasteful and keeping it respectful. And, you know, in my opinion, I, I wouldn't even really say it's like a super insane horror film. I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like it, it, it teeters more on like a drama, like a very dark, mm-hmm. dark yeah. drama with horror elements in it with like all the stuff, you know, when you get the flashbacks of Emily, like going through all this stuff, like obviously those are scary, but I feel like at the core of it, it's more of like a drama about this girl that like went through a horrible thing. So, yes. And I loved, well, I don't know if we're getting into it, but I, I'll just say it. I loved the, um, the, the take of, bringing up the po- the the realm of possibility mm-hmm. and how we're so quick to say oh no those people are crazy because they believe that or those people you know because they believe that and and the fact that we don't know you can believe you know you can you can feel like you know and that's totally fine but at the end of the day no one knows no yeah, one exactly. knows what's really possible true and one of the things that i like the most about this movie is that uh that take by her defense or sorry, not her, but the priest's defense lawyer, she is like, okay, I'm asserting not that all of this is true. Mm-hmm. Even like, that's not even what I'm asking you to believe in what these people believe. What I'm asking you to believe is, do you believe that they believed it enough to the point yeah. where they were not acting in a way that was negligent. They were doing the their best job to help her. And I like that take and I like that angle that we, she didn't, you know, cause I think the, you know, the first thing that you think about, oh, she's going to flip and she's going to become this believer as the yeah. lawyer. And we didn't quite go that far. And I liked that. I liked that there was an mm-hmm. in-between and she was just like, you know, were she's they open-minded. acting? Yeah. 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 Like she's open-minded to the possibility of like these things happening. Cause she said, like, she says something along the lines of like, is it true that, you know, Emily, you know, was possessed by a demon Maybe not, but is it possible? Right. And then, you know, but she's like, what isn't possible is that Father Moore neglected Emily to the point where, you know, she's like, no, that's not a fact. Like, she, she talks about how, like, certain facts are facts and certain things are left up to interpretation. And I, I also like that because it, it they, and I like how they, like, play with that kind of, um, like, when you get, like, the the story from Emily's perspective and then you get, like, the story from, like, a doctor or something, like, with the epilepsy stuff, they go back and just, show you the same scene but they show you like the scene as if she was like having an epileptic epileptic seizure instead of being possessed by a demon does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah so like i like how they play both sides of that where it's like by the end of the film you don't you're not like sure you know you're like i don't know what is actually going on here but i like that i like the fact that they leave it you know open-ended because i mean in reality like nobody really knows what actually happened to her so yeah i you know my I, i mentioned my husband watched it with me and he's a huge skeptic and at the end, uh, just based on, okay, if this was all true, um, what was presented, and then I had actually told him what was true, and he's like, oh, shit. But um, <laughs> if what was true, what would you say as the jury? And we both agreed we would probably make it a hung jury mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be able to say beyond a shadow of a doubt that yeah. – that what that they were acting maliciously or what have you so i we would have made it hung <laughs> yeah i agree i i don't think i would be able to know and maybe maybe i'm just biased when i say that because i fully 100 percent believe in shit like that like i'm a very strong believer in there is a god there is 
you know, there is a devil, there is like, there are demons and evil forces out there. I, I don't know how much I believe in like how often they can possess a person, but I've just, I've heard so many stories about like, you know, not just Annalise Michelle's story, but there's been stories that I've heard where people, countless witnesses have witnessed people levitating in the fucking air, saying shit like in different languages that they've never known in their entire life. Like, it's just like, how can you discount stuff like this when people have said that they've seen this with their own eyes? Like, it's just to me, it's like, I don't know, like there's still that shadow of doubt, obviously, because it's never been proven, but I don't know. I, I fully, I'm fully in the spectrum of like, I feel like I believe that that shit can actually happen. So yeah. And it's terrifying. (laughs) Yes. It's a very, very (laughs) scary thing, I think. But um, do we want to get into like some of the scenes of this film, like specific scenes that stood out to you guys? Yeah. Okay. So I think um, I want to start by like talking about the the opening scene, because I feel like the opening scene really like sets the tone for the rest of this film. So like, I love how this film is, first of all, shot. And I love like the color palettes that they choose to like use this film for like there's a lot of um at the beginning there's a lot of dreary it's very dreary yeah. very like cold feeling like it just feels like when you watch the film you feel cold like you're like ooh, i don't like whatever uh, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't like i would not want to be there but i like how it starts out like after the events like you don't you don't see what happens right away like you get like bits and pieces of what of like what happened in the courtroom so like this is starting off like Emily Rose is already dead at this point. And you get like the medical examiner showing up to the house and like just the mood isn't like the whole mood of the house is just somber. And it's like actually really sad because like all the sisters are sitting on the couch, like they're crying and the dad is just sitting there like staring off into space. Like obviously like this has been very traumatic for all of them. And then he goes upstairs and I love how like he reacts to it as well. Like when he comes out he's like, we can't, you know, fully say that this was natural causes and so then you get into like the whole scene of father moore getting arrested and yeah i don't know i just like the way this whole scene plays out because you're not sure but then like when the medical examiner is walking up like he looks at the barn and you kind of semi hear like the echoes of like what happened and stuff so it's like you get like bits and pieces and then you see like the wasp's nest above the like the house and it's like fully the middle of fucking winter at this point it's like there's yeah. no there's no way that wasps would be alive so it's like very weird and then you get to you get to the um scene where you get introduced to aaron bruner and she's talking to her um talking to her boss or whatever like her and she's talking about how she like wants her her name on the door next to his because she's tired of like doing this and not getting a promotion and he's basically trying to get her to start doing or he's trying to get her to get into this case like he wants her to be the lead defender and she doesn't want to but then she like strikes the deal with him about how she wants her name up on the door next to his and so she's basically doing this you know it's her character starts out doing this because she wants a promotion and then you know you see the progression of her character start to kind of change her morals a little bit you know throughout the rest of the film and I kind of like that I like that she starts to question things about like what's actually happening here because you know at first she's like you can totally tell she doesn't believe any of it (laughs) yeah she she tries to be open-minded but at the same time i feel like she's very just like oh bullshit this isn't like real you know yeah and she plays that very well like she plays the side of like being a skeptic but she's also very good at playing like an open-minded type you know i like i i I can't remember if this is in the beginning or a little bit later so i apologize Mm -hmm. but there is a scene when she's talking to the father and she's like I'm going to do whatever I can to 
help you. Like that is my job. And I yeah. thought that was a really great scene because I, I got it. I was like, yeah, that's her. That is her job. That is what she is there to do. And she's going to do whatever she needs to do to ensure that she can defend him the best way possible. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree with that. Um, And I like, I also just love like, and I've said this before, I love the whole courtroom dynamic because it, it really sets this movie apart from other films that have been made in this genre. I just feel like there's so much more to this I feel like this this film is more story based and it's not just like focusing on the scary stuff. But when they do focus on the scary stuff, they do a really damn good job at doing it. Like, yes, like the oh, stuff sorry. that happens in the film that's like terrifying is absolutely terrifying because they did a really good job at actually like honing in on like what is actually scary about these scenes and not just making it like a a jump, <laughs> a jump scare like horror fest like it's it's more than that to me and that's why i love this movie so much is like it's just more so story based and it focuses more so on the characters and like you know you know what i mean totally yeah yeah, yeah I, so. agree. And I agree but i wish they had put in just a little bit more of her like scenes scary scenes with her because mm-hmm. and this and i apologize this was like a weird way to go into this movie, but I don't know what is wrong with me. I was mixing up this movie and The Last Exorcism, I think, <laughs> through our entire conversation about which movie we were going to watch. And I kept like, and so I was so confused when I started this movie. Like, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Yeah. Like, I know I've seen this movie. I know I've watched this movie. I don't remember any of this. And I felt like that for the first, like, 30, 40 minutes. Like, I was like, what in the fuck? I don't remember any of this. None of this is ringing a bell. And it wasn't until we saw the scary scenes with her yeah. that I was like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I think I just mixed this up with that other movie. So I apologize. I'm coming in with that. I, I had this, like, tainted view. But now, looking back, the reason why I don't remember a lot of things from the first time I watched it is because I honestly, I really love the courtroom angle. And I thought it was mm-hmm. really imaginative and creative. But I do wish that they would have incorporated a little bit more, just maybe a couple more scenes, because you don't want to overdo it to the point, Michael, where you're talking about where it's like, okay, now we're just watching like a, you know, jump scare movie. Yeah. But also, like, I felt like there was so much of the courtroom stuff that I would have liked something to break it up just a little bit more. Yeah. I have to. Yes. I'm sorry. I wanted to jump in to say I have to agree. I was um, holding it for later like when we talked about something oh i'm sorry like no <laughs> Did i jump the gun here no but it's hard for me because i was like i really want to say it but maybe i need to hold it back but tawny <laughs> just did it so um i uh so i loved this movie and i do wish there was more of her mm-hmm. because uh, i don't i don't want to take away the courtroom because i i did really like that um but my favorite scenes by far every single scene that was her story and I, I want to know more of her story I want to know more about how it developed not just through people talking about it in the courtroom mm-hmm. um also because you have just this a phenomenal actress where like my favorite scene since we're talking about favorite scenes would have to be the major exorcism scene where like gosh where she's like I am Judas I am like how yeah. she's like just oh was just so phenomenal and I, I would have loved to see more about um, just more about how it started, how it yeah. started yeah. to uh, affect the family. How, just more about how it developed. Um, I, I, I would have really, really loved that. 
I I agree, but I also disagree with both your points. And I'm I'm I, I'm not saying that like what you guys are saying isn't true because I I feel like sometimes this movie does drag a little bit, but I also mm-hmm. think that. In my opinion, I feel like they struck the perfect balance with the courtroom scenes and her scenes just because um, for the for the simple fact that I feel like the court scenes are also extremely essential because the court scenes kind of counterbalance like her experiences. Like like mm-hmm. um, when they when they go to the court courtroom scenes, they're talking more of like a, a, from a scientific. Yeah, clinical, mm-hmm, clinical, scientific. So like it really kind of makes you question the scenes that you watched before. Yeah, like so all the scenes with her like i love them i i do agree that i i i feel like maybe we could have done with a couple more scenes of her just like two like two yeah. more quick ones something yeah. yeah yeah but but for me it doesn't overall like overall for me it doesn't like bother me like i think mm-hmm. in my opinion i think the flow of this film is fine as it is um but i also i i just like the the intercut between her story and the courtroom stuff because then you just get like both sides of like the coin here where it's like is she experiencing what she's experiencing or you know so it, it, like the the point of the movie is to make you question like what's really going on here and and as i said before you don't you never get a definitive an- definitive answer at the end of the film whether she was possessed or whether she was just suffering some from sort like some form of mental illness so yes if I can uh, mention one thing here, just because we're on this, the courtroom and the exorcism. Oh, yeah. Um, I have my least favorite parts of the movie were the courtroom scenes, but this is why. I loved the courtroom scenes, mm-hmm. but I wanted them to have more oomph. Yeah. Like, I wanted... So if we're going to have that many courtroom scenes versus the exorcism, that's fine. Let's really lay into these witnesses. Let's yeah. really dig... I feel like... There was a witness, and they said some part, and then they left. And me, because I love a good courtroom movie, Ooh, where, yeah. especially when you're like, "Boo, yeah, we got you on that one." Like I love it, and I was waiting for it, and you never really got. I never really got that until the end when she was giving her closing statement and she was talking about the possibility. I was like, "Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. You got me on this." But then there was like even the the priest he was saying some parts of the story and I felt there was tidbits there that she could really make an impact with and it it didn't go that far. You yeah. know and and so I wish if we were going to leave it at the balance it is now there was more oomph there was more meat in yeah. the courtroom scenes that would have been perfect. And I think because there wasn't that then I wanted more of the exorcism because there was a lot there. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to know. I, yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's hard for, because I, I get what you're saying. Like, there's not enough oomph. Um, because I just feel like it's kind of just like, okay, like, we're going to interview somebody. And then, but I also like how Aaron Bruner's character, like, anytime she goes up, she finds a way to <laughs> disregard what they said prior. Like, when she interviews the doctor guy and she's like, She's like, so you said that there was a possible epileptic fo- focus in Emily's brain. He's like, well, yes. And she's like, so if it's not a possible epileptic epileptic focus, would it not be good for her to take the drug gambutrol? And he's like, well, yes. And then she's like, well, aren't you uh, selectively choosing which parts of Emily's experience to use for your fucking, you know, this and that? And so yeah. I like that. I like that she comes in there and basically picks apart like everything that they've said. But yes. then, you know, I also like the character of Ian Thomas. I feel like he's kind of, you know 
the the badass in this film that kind of just goes up and is just like but sometimes he's like way out of line and i like the parts where he goes yes. way out of line and the judge is like i will not take that in my courtroom like she basically just yeah. like um but i don't know like i i think i think from i don't know a story standpoint i think i i really really do appreciate like the courtroom stuff um and if I, I can I, say just something you just said, and I agree with you, like she had a really great in her cross-examination. Mm-hmm. I think where it started to um, not be as much oomph is in her witnesses. Like the woman that came forward that was talking about the, um, how exorcism is very alive in other cultures. and But she just kind of said the thing, no more questions. Like, I feel like there could have been a lot more questions because yeah. that woman didn't really prove anything to me. Like, are these different cultures? Um, uh, I mean, there's the more details. Just because she studied this in different cultures doesn't make it like there's a, this possibility, right? Um, I just, like, I wanted more. And I think yeah. it was from her because then I feel like then she'd sit down and that dude would... Oh, he'd like he rake would. them over the coals. Yeah, he that that was like one of the parts that I felt like, oh man, like when I was watching and he gets up and he asks about, okay, well, what did she study? And she, could she speak German? And did she know how to blah, blah, blah? I was like, son of a bitch. Yes. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, he got him. And now I'm questioning, like, do I even know what's happening? Like, I feel like that was one of those courtroom scenes, Felicia, mm-hmm. that you're talking about with the oomph. Like, oh shit, that just made me rethink everything I just thought was possible. Like... Yeah, and I'm sorry if I got us up on a tangent here about no, this. You're good. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I yeah. think it's a, I think it's a really good conversation to have because, you know, at the at the core of this film, it's more so, you know, the story of like what happened, like what really happened. Was it negligent homicide? Was it, uh, you know, was she really possessed by six different demons, or was this just like all in her head and it was like exacerbated by other people to the point where there was no return for her like her mental state got so bad and you know and everyone else was kind of starting to come on this bandwagon of her being possessed that it just convinced her to the point where she could not go back you know mm-hmm. and that's a, that's I think that's a very interesting like dynamic you know with yeah. with any with Ooh. any sort of like story about exorcism and it's like mm, you know it's like you hear you hear these stories about exorcisms and stuff like that and like things going horribly wrong and you know, you, you sit there and you wonder to yourself, like, can this be possible? Is this real? And I feel like they do a really good job at like leaving it open-ended, but leaving you up to decide as an audience member who's watching this film to decide for yourself, whether you fall on the side of, was it like just all in her head or was she actually possessed? And I like that they leave that line blurred for you to decide yourself, you know? Michael, you just said something that just like turned on a light in my head. Um, because even cross crossing with the real story and the movie, uh, if if she did have some type of psychosis, both people, the real one and then the movie, mm-hmm. and your family and everyone around you is telling you, yes, this is real, and you are possessed by demons, then how far and how deep would that psychosis go to where maybe exactly what she's fully believing now no this isn't just like a mental health thing this is real mm-hmm. you would allow that to totally consume you i didn't even think of it that way i yeah, didn't and either I, and i think there i think there's like a medical um word for that i think it's like fully i do or something it's like when one person um 
passes on like a deranged like way of thinking to another person and that basically like does like a a chain effect where that other person starts to believe everything that this person has been feeding them so it, it could be something like that you know like she she started to believe that she was possessed and then you know she kind of starts to get everybody else on board with this idea and you know it just kind of a chain reaction where everyone starts to just kind of <laughs> exacerbate the problem further but yeah you know it's it's some of the stuff that i read on here i was like mm, i don't know that doesn't sound like somebody uh, i don't know 400 squats a day doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. sound <laughs> humanly possible but okay i don't know yeah you don't know yeah yeah some of it's just weird but um I feel like we focused quite a bit on the courtroom scenes. Do, so do we want to like get into like the scenes with Emily? Cause I, oh, sure. there's so much to dig into with those. Unless you guys had anything else you guys wanted to bring up with the courtroom stuff. I think I'm good as far as that goes, at least that I can think of right now. Is this okay? Are we going in order? Like, I feel like. Yeah. Are we screwing you up? Are we screwing up the flow? Yeah. Oh, no, you're good. You guys are doing great. Don't, good. don't even worry okay. about it. Um, but and no, I don't have anything additional. I love the courtroom scenes, and just like you said, how it's it didn't seem like I was watching a typical or classic horror movie. It was very much there were some really good themes in there, and mm-hmm. and uh, again, like the possibilities and different ways to think things and uh, think about things, like opening your mind up to different possibilities, and I loved it. Yeah, and I love I love all the scenes um, with Laura Linney's character as well, like how she's ex- starting to experience some things, like when she's home alone sleeping, like her mm-hmm. clock like turns off, or she starts to smell like the smell of something burning, just like Emily did, and yeah. then, like a whole scene where she goes in the kitchen and then her front front door fucking opens by itself, like that whole scene is pretty kind of scary too, and then just like there's so many things that happen to her character as well as we're going through this, so it's like. You know, I feel like with the first time I watched this, I was like, oh, God, is she going to get possessed, too? Is this going to oh, like, yeah. turn yeah. into one of those one of those films where she at the end she becomes possessed or something? But it didn't do that. And I'm happy it didn't do that because, mm-hmm. you know, um, I just felt like that would have been a little cliched. So I'm glad that they took the route that they did with that. Um, I liked it, the balance of good where she found that locket. Yeah, that's a good scene to bring up, too. I like I love that scene where she's talking to um, the priest about that whole experience. Um, but yeah, oh gosh, the, the scenes with Emily, mm. Mm, the best, so, so good. Best. Like, like the, I love how they build up the anticipation, especially with the first scene, like with the dorm room incident, like that scene is like the way it's lit, the way it's shot. It's terrifying. Like she, when she wakes up and then she goes out in the hallway and that, I don't know what kind of dorm room she lives in, but I would not want to live there. That looks scary as fuck. I like it. <laughs> There's, like, no lighting in that hallway whatsoever. <laughs> it's all, like, weird, like, red, reddish kind of light. I don't know. Yeah. What? Uh, remind me what happens in this. Is this the one where she runs out to the phone booth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. so uh, yeah, she runs out to the Ooh, phone booth, yeah. and then she's, like, literally screaming. Like, when she's on the phone, she's, like, literally just sobbing and screaming. And, like, Jennifer Carpenter, um, I wanted to bring this up because... I remember Josh from Horror Movie Crew when they did oh, what episode did they do um, with whoever screams someone with a really good scream. Do you guys remember who that was? Not off the top of my head, no. Josh Josh brought up how uh, a specific person has like a really good scream, and I was like, uh, Jennifer Carpenter has a like a she's right up there with people that like just fucking like amazing like with her voice, like yeah. what she can do with it. Um. But no, like she, she like wakes up and then she start like she smells something burning. So she gets up and she goes out in the hallway 
and then like that door like starts slamming and so she okay. goes and closes it and then she comes back to the room and gets back in bed and then she sees the pens moving and then the pens fall off the off the desk and then she starts getting attacked by that thing that like gets on top of her okay in the bed. yes yeah yeah and that whole scene like the the way they filmed it is like so cool like it really looks like something's like actually attacking her and like her physicality in this film like i know we've talked about her briefly at the beginning but fuck the way that she moves her body just like insane to me so good and yeah okay i'm sorry i forgot for some reason this thing <laughs> no, but good. yeah yes when she is like she gets pinned i mean it was so scary and again i just think this movie does a really good job of like towing the line between like too over the top and too subtle like it's mm-hmm. like really perfectly right there in the middle it's so fucking creepy but it's not way over the top like the depressions in the in the blankets oh yeah like as and she and she like you don't have time to even respond and then it just pins her to the bed so so scary yeah so claustrophobic even though like you know we're just watching you know you can't see anything there's yeah nothing on top of her that we can see with our eyes it oh god yeah that was so good it's so scary and then they talk about how like she went to the hospital after that and like she basically that's when they decide that she became possessed by the demon because they talk about how like she overcame them in the dorm room but then at the hospital they overpowered her and then that's how how they got inside of her and I like, like, like I said earlier, I like how they um, do the medical approach to it as well. Like when they show that scene again, it shows her like more so having like a, just an epileptic seizure episode or something like that. So it, it just really makes you question like what really happened. And I don't know, I just, oh, I just love all the scenes with her because then you get those scenes where she's in the classroom, like when stuff really starts fucking hitting the fan and she sees like the, the, uh, the glass of the window fogging up and you see that like face of the demon Mm -hmm. and then she turns around and the guy like sitting next to her his eyes like go black oh it's scary yes so scary and then every everywhere she goes she's just seeing like this demon's face it's terrifying and then like the whole church scene where uh jason sees her go inside the church and i think the scene's kind of funny because she goes up to the 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 two cute like old women (laughs) who are basically praying in like the front pew and she walks up to him and their like faces change and so she screams at them but then you see him like running out of the church they're like i'm some crazy bitch in there i said to my husband i go can you imagine if you were just like chilling in the church and someone walked up to you and looked at you and just went ah like i'd run out of there too i'd be like crazy bitch (laughs) but then you get like that fucking cool ass scene where she's like bending backward because she's trying to touch like the cross that's up there and uh she like bends back and then she like looks at jason and this is like one of the moments where her fit i don't know if like some of this is like cgi but her like what you were saying earlier tawny like her face like truly changes in this fucking movie in some parts yeah. like, where it's like holy shit like your mouth is a lot bigger than it should be and i don't know like i said i don't know if that's like stuff that they fixed in post like afterward but like sh- her facial expression range is just off the <laughs> off the charts in this movie yeah, I suppose they could have, but if they did, they did it just enough to make it look like it. it was physically possible for her to move her face enough to make it like that. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I was like, wow, this is so well done. It's almost like this is going to be a dumb uh, analogy. Well, it's not an analogy, but like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen these videos of these. There's like this one owl that can change the way it looks. Have you seen this Mm-mm. before? 
it can like change the way it looks based on how uh, scared it is. So it'll either look like a cute little owl or it'll like, it'll like make itself really thin and tall and like change its eyes. I'll have to find this and show it to you. But she like reminded me of this video in this movie because she can like the way that she changes her face and like just exaggerates her some of the her features right like she'll close her eyes kind of real small and it makes her mouth really big uh it is just sublime that it's just my favorite part of this movie is her physical acting ability yeah and yeah that bent back oh so it wasn't cgi okay okay i just wanted to pop that in here while you guys are talking awesome yeah (laughs) i Thank, Thank you for you. looking that up, Felicia. <laughs> You're welcome. It seems it seems real. It seems like she's doing it, right? And even like just the way that while she's doing these things, I like her. <laughs> this is very specific, but I like her like breathiness. Like you can tell just by the way that she's breathing. She's like, ah, ah, ah. like yeah. there is something happening that is not normal, and she's flipping out and trying to fight through it, but she like can't quite. It is so just amazing i'm really upset that she like didn't get like an award for this film because oh my god she's so good like of any possession film i've ever seen like her acting is above all of those like her acting in this film is just breathtaking to me like i watch this film and i'm like oh my god like she's so good like i I feel like yeah she would win best actress in a possession film yeah Yeah. she's got my vote (laughs) yeah she's got my vote 100 percent. so yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just so many good scenes with her. Um, did you guys want to talk about the whole scene with Jason where he wakes up and she's like, "Oh my god, yeah." Ooh, give me gives me chills. I got goosebumps even like talking about that scene. It is so fucking terrifying. I mean, just there's I've said this before on our podcast. There's one of the most terrifying things, just primally, I think, for us as beings, is having a pair of eyes looking at you. <laughs> That you all of a sudden focus on. And so he wakes up in the middle of the night. He's been sleeping and sees her contorted on the floor, totally still staring right at him. I mean, how would you not just die of a heart attack? I think I would just have a heart attack and die in that moment. Right. Oh, same. I would be like, oh my, I I, like, I don't know what I would do. Like, because the way he gets off the bed and he like approaches her, I'm like, you're brave. It's it's so caring. Yeah, yeah, I thought I. Oh my god, I don't even think I could approach. I mm-hmm. think I would just scream. I think I would just scream for to have somebody else come running, <laughs> so I wasn't alone. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job too. Yeah, in his, it was very um, believable in his fright and in how slowly he was approaching. I think it would, for me, it would depend. Like, I would definitely approach it, like, if it was my husband or my children or something like that. I would be scared. I would Mm -hmm. be just like him, but not, maybe not some guy I was just dating for a little while. (laughs) I might book it right out of there and call, like, the the RA, the campus security or something. (laughs) Right. He's like, I did not sign up for this shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking when he was in the house. And they're like, um, you know, the priest gets there and he's like, dad, come up and you come up that he's probably like, I should have broken up with her a long time ago. Like, he's like, where, I should have, uh, should have broke this off uh, before look this. Look where but... I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, why am I here? <laughs> right. Well, he's like, there's... I can't leave now. Right. Minute. Well, and there's like a really touching scene with him and um, Laura Linney in this film when she's talking to him 
outside the courthouse when she's talking to him on the bench and he's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take back anything that I, any time that I shared with her. Cause she's like, it was terrifying. Like it was horrible, but it was equally like amazing because she taught me so much about like life and stuff like that. So like, it's a very, I like their relationship. Like I believe their relationship in this film, like he's not in it very much, but you, you get a sense that this character like truly does care about her. And I like that yeah. aspect that like you get these characters that you actually like care about you know, in this film, yeah. for a possession film, <laughs> no, another like, it's just like this film, like really works on investing you in these characters, you know? Yeah. yeah. True. I really loved the adding on to what you're saying. So you have that whole scene and she like in the church and she's contorted back and she looks at him and she screams, she collapses to the ground and he's like, holy shit, like what's going on? And then she looks at him and she's like, help me. Yeah, she's like, it, don't leave me. It's it's bro, it breaks your heart, and then he, you know, he approaches her, you know. Yeah, and yeah, that was good. Yeah, I, I, yeah, all the scenes with her, just like, there's not one scene that I find Mm-mm. bad with her. Like all of them are so good, and then you get that scene where, ooh, where it just gets scarier. Um, like you don't think that any scene could get scarier than the last one, but they just keep getting scarier and scarier. So there's that scene when the sister comes up when the when the priest gets there. Oh, and she's like fucking she opens the door and Emily's just hunched in the corner, like basically eating like these big ass giant, like they're giant ass spiders. And that scene always gives me like anxiety because like everybody at this point knows how much I hate spiders. And I'm just like, oh, the fact that she's eating them. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then like when she turns around, when she's like uh, when the sister screams and then Emily turns around, she does like that silent scream that (laughs) I don't know how to do it. But she's like, yeah, yeah, it's so scary. And then she like starts like doing the whole like jumping back up on her knees and shit, and scratching I, the walls. Mm-hmm. And I find this scene kind of funny in a way, just because like when the priest runs in and the dad comes in and they're trying to restrain her, she's like bucking her feet like a fucking donkey or yeah. a horse or something. <laughs> I mean, I do find that a little humorous, just because it's like you know these two grown men are trying to like restrain this girl and she's like kicking her legs around like a fucking horse, but. <laughs> But I, I thought like- it was really, though, enough, um, like Tani was talking about, enough bizarre the way her body was going that yes. made it look supernatural, but not, like, totally supernatural. Like, that, uh, like you were talking about, what it, the uncanny valley, valley where it's kind of not natural, but it's not out of the yeah. world. The realm of possi- yeah, the realm yeah. of possibility for sure. And then, like, you get that scene where the priest is like talking to the demon. Yeah. I love that part of this scene. That's probably my favorite part of this scene is when she just locks, she locks in like head turned to the side and she's Mm -hmm. just talking to it. Like that is so well done. So subtly scary. And, uh, it's so, it's just unsettling. It really, it's just, it all like, it really always, because of Jennifer Carpenter's performance in this movie. Like everybody, everybody is so great in this, excuse me. Everybody is so great in this film, but her, like, I don't think this film would be what it was without her. Like Mm -mm. if Jennifer Carpenter was not in this film, I don't think it would be as good. I agree. It wouldn't. I agree. Yeah. And like just everything that she does. And then the whole, Oh, this is my favorite scene of the whole movie. I'm I'm like jumping ahead. Um, because, because we're talking, we're talking about our favorite scenes at the end, but yeah, I'd have to say like this, this whole exorcism scene is so good. I'm curious about what your guys' thoughts on it are. That's also my favorite scene. 
of the whole movie. <laughs> I love her. God, I can't say enough good things. I love how how she talks and how everything flows. It looks just so real. Mm -hmm. um, I love it when she's like, I don't remember all the names, but I am Judas. I am Lucifer. I am, you know, and it's just so real. It's, yeah. it's so real. And, and the way she locks eyes with the priest and, and just that, that grit and that just total commitment to this role. Uh, that this is by far my favorite scene of the whole movie. Yeah, and I I like it from like where it builds because they talk about, mm -hmm. um in the courtroom scene they talk about how like this doctor who was like a witness at the exorcism gave her this like tape recorder with like all the evidence on it, and so she like starts to play it and you like hear it start and then it goes into the scene which I really like. I like yeah. that whole thing, and then I like how um like I just like how she says certain things in this in this uh, movie like I feel like ooh and the noise that she makes when it first starts when he's like um don't pay any don't pay any mind to it or what it says and he's like it and he's like we won't be dealing with Emily tonight and then you hear just like that I don't know how to do it but she does like that yes. weird like croaking kind of noise and I'm like ooh but she I think in real life she was able to do that noise wow yeah oh it's so good I think I think Jade mentioned cuz Jade was watching it with me mm -hmm. right as soon as it the, what you're talking about that transition from the tape recorder to the scene he was like here we go like yeah. this yeah. is and that's exactly if you've ever seen this movie you know okay this is where we're about to get on the ride you know yes. like this is it and I was so excited to watch the to rewatch this it's so good I just agree with everything you you both have said about the scene it's fantastic it is so creepy oh it's so creepy like especially when she does like the one two three four five six like when she does yes. that oh it's so ugh. it's seamless yeah it's seamless her moving from this counting to talking to the priest to speaking in tongues to saying these names to counting again to mocking the priest it is seamless the whole thing is seamless it, yeah which really makes it feel real yeah, and then, like, I love when she, like, <laughs> when they're distracted, like, when all the cats come in and start attacking the priest, then she takes that moment to, like, oh, okay, they're distracted. I'm going to cut my other bind and jump out this window. She, yeah. like, literally <laughs> just jumps out the window. <laughs> and then, this like, was you... the only thing that I felt like was maybe a tad funny. Like, I was, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just was, like, with the cats just now and then her jumping out of the window. It, sound it seemed like a cat jump. Like, I don't know. It just, there was something very comical about, like, the way she was, like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I have to agree. It's like, maybe if she fought him off and jumped through the window, but, like, the cat, I, I turned to my <laughs> yeah. husband, I'm like, oh, I thought cats were good to have around. Because <laughs> they, like, I remember this, uh, this movie uh, I saw a long time ago, and uh, I totally don't remember the name, but the cat was, like, protecting this kid, and, um, and so I was like, oh, I didn't know cats were evil. Because <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> they all came in and attacked the priest, and, yeah. Oh, they most definitely are evil. Cats are assholes. I have one. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this mark on my hand right here. Oh, ouch. Oh, yeah. That was oh. my cat biting me the other day. He took fucking a chunk of skin out of my hand. Yeah. Oh, and no, all I was doing, you. all I was doing was petting him. Rude. See, this is why yeah. I can't get down with cats. I just don't. <laughs> I, I don't cats. understand them. Me too. I but do. Love, I prefer cats, but they right. are assholes. But I think I admire that about them. They're kind of <laughs> like, pet me, please. Get off me, bitch. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they 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 uh, cross that line, or they they ride that line of like not being too needy of a pet, but then like, you know, when they need you, they need you. Kind yes. Of thing. I don't like this. They, I want to well, snuggle. I want you to. I want you to submit to me and want my love all the time. That's a dog. That's see, a dog. There's, see, there's days when I'm just like, oh, he can like sleep on the 
other side of the bed. I don't need you laying right next to me. <laughs> yeah. So I like that little dynamic with cats that they're not completely like constantly needing to lay right next to you. So yeah. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. off the subject, of, but I love, <laughs> oh my God, this whole, this is probably the, I, I keep talking about how like so many of these scenes are probably the best of like any exorcism movie I've ever seen. This is no exception. This barn scene is fantastic. The cinematography of this scene, like the way you've got like the rain and the thunder and the lightning and like the wind like blowing, it just looks so real. Like you get that one shot where she's like bending back and the barn doors just blow open behind her. It looks so visually awesome. Like I don't that, know. I want to know how they filmed this scene. I really do. That's probably my favorite shot of this entire scene. Like within the scene, that's my favorite. That's probably mm-hmm. my favorite because it's the one where you see the, her chin, right? And so it's yeah, the sh- it's shot from her face, but she's bent backwards, mm-hmm. so you see her chin again pointed yeah. up at an angle that seems almost like not real because of the way that it is. And then those doors blow. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. And then. Like, I just, just her, the way she is in the scene, I'm like, was she actually, like, possessed? Because I'm convinced that she was possessed during this film, like, the filming of this movie. Like, I feel like she went into this film, got possessed by a fucking demon, and then as soon as filming was wrapped, she was like, I'm good, I'm fine. Like, I wonder, I wonder what I, like, I often wonder, like, what it would be to be a fly on the wall in this film and see, like, how people reacted after they called cut. Like, I wonder if people were like, holy shit. I wonder if, like, the entire barn was just speechless after her, like, performance. I hope yeah. it was. I hope they gave her just like absolute mad props. I hope all of those actors did. Because yeah. this is why I get so irritated with bad acting is because that's possible. Yeah. Mm. So I almost feel yeah. like unless you're going to dedicate yourself and give me that, just fucking stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give up. Give up yeah. on your acting dreams. Give up. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> Either work really hard to get to that level or just, just stop. Yeah, I agree, though. Like, I feel like if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be an actor or an actress, like, you really have to commit yourself. And if you're not committing yourself to the fullest ability, like, what are you being an actor yeah, for? Stop fucking wake, wasting my time and my money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm paying to see this. Like, give exactly. it to me. Give but it to me, baby. Yeah. And she's young. Mm-hmm. She was young in this movie. This was one of her first roles, too. She's far, far superior to any other actor in this movie. For sure. And she's like, she was with a lot of heavyweight actors, too, that had been doing Uh so much stuff since then. Like, the guy that plays Father Moore, he has been in so much stuff before this. Uh, Laura Linney. Laura Linney recommended Jennifer Carpenter for this film because Laura Linney had seen her act before and other things. And she's like, you have to cast her. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the choice. Like, this is, she's the one that needs to be in this movie. So Laura Linney herself has said that she, like, wanted Jennifer Carpenter in this film. Like, so to to have people on that high of a caliber already to tell you at, like, such a young age, like, such a, like, an actress that's starting out, just barely starting out for people like that to tell you, like, veterans in the business to tell you, like, you need to be in this movie because that's how good you are. Like, that's just a testament to, like, how amazing she is. Totally. So... Side note about her before I forget. I don't know if this is just because of the way that she looks, but there's something about this movie that reminds me of Silence of the Lambs. And it might be because she looks kind of like Clarice. <laughs> and there's I like kind of see it. There's like definitely a uh, more I don't know procedural feel to this movie just kind of like there is to Silence of the Lambs. I think it might be those couple things, but it definitely has that vibe for me. Oh yeah. 
I, I totally agree with that. I, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. And I was like, no, that makes a lot of sense, actually. But as far as I like, love you, I don't feel that. But <laughs> uh, unless the procedural part, you know, where That's she's what I having mean. to keep going and Hannibal and things like that. OK, yeah. 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 And I, well, and you were talking about like your favorite shot of this film is or of this scene is the scene with the barn doors. I think my favorite shot and this is just because of the way it's lit and this is like the mo- literally out of all the scenes that are like terrifying to me, this part is the most terrifying. It's at right after she like lists off all the names, and then she's like, "And I am Lucifer," and then like it gets dark, and you can see like the little circles of light in her eyes, and yes. she's like the devil in the flesh. Like that whole part right there, I'm like, "Ooh!" Every it doesn't matter how many times I've watched this movie, that movie that part gives me chills every fucking time because she just looks so scary. Like, yeah, that so was scary. very well done. It is, yeah. Then you see the little white, like, yeah, I don't even know what it's supposed to be. But, like, the glare of light on her eyes or just the iris yeah. turned white or something, but it is so effective. Because it's like her whole face goes dark, and then you just see the lights of her eyes. Like, her eyes kind of semi-lit up, and then she says that line, and it's just like, ooh, ooh, it's scary. Ugh. Yeah. I would have to say, yeah, I, I, I'd have to say, I've said it like a million times, I'm sorry. But <laughs> of that scene, that's my favorite, that portion when she start, when she challenges him, when he's, he's like, you know, who, who is inside of her, mm-hmm. I'm sure, and then she just looks at him and she just lists, like, like just like, fuck you, this yeah. is this, like, just challenges him, like, right, and I'm not like, like saying woohoo demons i'm just saying the way that they were like you want to know who i am and it was terrifying and you asked yep. you got it it was just wow and then the whole like the the look on the priest when she says it too he's like oh fuck mm-hmm. he's like yeah. i don't know what i just got myself into <laughs> you yes. get that split second moment of him being like Ooh, okay maybe i'm in over my head here <laughs> oh sorry i didn't know it was you um, oh, let me, I'm doing business with you. <laughs> let me call my boss. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll just get, grab my suitcase and take off. Yeah. I think I, I think I forgot something inside. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to skedaddle out of here. <laughs> you guys, you guys I... are good taking care of her now, right? She, I think she's in good hands. I think you'll, you know, I think she'll be fine. Just uh, <laughs> make sure you get some heavy duty straps at like, you know, Home Depot or something. Keep her you'll on be the right. bed. Should be fine. <laughs> Oh man, but no, like I think, oh God, this, this whole barn scene, like I can't talk about it enough because this whole sequence is just like so good, so well filmed, Mm -hmm. so well acted. Um, and then you get back to like the whole courtroom stuff where he kind of explains stuff that happened to her after like leading up to her death, like about how she, you know, would like chew holes in the walls and basically like beat her head, like, uh, put her head through windows and shit. Like this, and I don't know if that was what you were talking about, Felicia, with wanting to see more of that. Like, is that what you were kind of referring to? Like when you were talking about like some of the stuff that Father Moore is talking about, like that you would like to have seen that or? Yeah. You know what I'm almost thinking, but I really want Jennifer Carpenter to do it because I, she's so wonderful. Like you have this movie and it was fantastic and it was focused on the court. Mm -hmm. Maybe a whole nother movie about the life of Emily Rose and it's focused on her Mm -hmm. and it has her from not like, you know, but like growing up, not that entire time, but you know what I mean, and how she transitions and then the things that happen, that yeah. would be cool, but I'd want Jennifer Carpenter to do it 
Oh, yeah. I don't think, I, like, if we're going to do that, we need to have Jennifer Carpenter in it 100%. Like, there's no other actress that can play her. <laughs> yeah, I think it, but you're exactly right. I was just so fascinated and curious of, I want what I want more of how we got here. I mean, we mm-hmm. have the college and we have a few things there and then it's boom. I just wanted a little more of her. It Yeah, it doesn't feel like, I mean, and I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I feel like there is not a slow descent into being possessed almost like it feels like it happens pretty fast it's like you have that first scene with her being held down and then all of a sudden here we are and she's contorted in the middle of the night locked up like I want something in between there like just something to help move us to the end couple scenes right yeah yeah yeah, it, it definitely doesn't seem like a very smooth progression but like it doesn't distract me either, so it's like Mm-mm. not something that I'm like absolutely have to have for this movie to be good. But like, I I do get what you guys are saying as well. Like, I think there could have been like one or two more scenes in between just to kind of like show more of like a steady decline of her like mental mental state because maybe that would have like leaned more in towards the scientific stuff. Like, if we could have maybe gotten yeah. a couple more scenes, maybe that would could have maybe like. I don't know, switched our perspectives up slightly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because I liked what you said too, Michael, how they were saying, oh, it was the stigmata, okay? And they gave, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, oh, or it could have been she grabbed, and they show her actually grabbing the the bobbed wire fence. I liked that too. I liked yeah. how they showed you that both are possibilities. Um, so maybe some more of, yeah. of that. I agree, yeah. And like speaking of that scene where she grabs the barbed wire, I love... Oh my god, like I love the way this film is shot in that scene specifically cuz you get that beautiful fog mm-hmm. and you get like when she cuz like this is when the priest is talking about how like he she wrote him a letter and like he starts reading the letter about how she was visited by the virgin Mary and basically she told her, you know, you're going to keep suffering, but through your suffering people will know your story or you can choose to go now, like you can choose to die now and live in peace or you're going to suffer more like and that's kind of like a a sad scene as well because she chooses to stay and then you get that cool like part where she gets like possessed by the demon again and she starts getting dragged back towards her body like her lifeless body that's laying on there that just looks so cool oh yeah that's good and then the whole scene oh sorry well i was just gonna say in the whole scene where she's walking towards the tree looks really cool like the cover of the the film obviously yeah yeah it looks so good but what yeah, were you when gonna that say, came Felicia? up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that. This is why this, that cover looks like that. I was going to say one thing that I was like, shit, is that family really just lets her wander around. I just feel like with all that <laughs> shit going on, everyone just went to bed and she's playing the piano and then she's walking outside. I was like, they're really giving her a lot of free reign. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe post someone up against the door. I don't know. I don't know, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't would be... want her walking around at night while I'm sleeping. I don't <laughs> No, I wouldn't be in that house. Let's be real. I would not even be staying yeah. in the house. I'd be staying at a you know, best western somewhere. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> like I ain't staying in the house. Uh give me some money to stay at a hotel for a week or two because I'm not having her walking or walking in my room in the middle of the night and contorting her ass on my floor. That ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, though, that she's, they literally just kept her in there and they stayed in there. Like, I feel like I would have broke. That I was very nice. broke and had her in a hospital. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if I thought it was demon possession, I don't know. Like, how do you even handle that? 
Yeah. yeah, and that's like a very interesting point that you just brought up because like I was thinking that too. I was like, you know, there is kind of a moral line that you have to like look at and be like, is the family like a lot to do with this? Because it's like the fact that they didn't take her to a hospital regardless of like whether or not doctors could help her or not, but it's just like they let her just like deteriorate. And that yeah. to me is kind of questionable. I'm like... I don't know if as a family member, I don't know if as, like, say it was my daughter and I was the father, I don't think I'd be able to, like, let my daughter go through that. Like, there would be a point Mm -hmm. in time where I'd be like, okay, enough is enough. Like, this is obviously not working, so we need to take her to a hospital and see, like, what else they can do for her, you know? Yeah, Yeah. because even if you thought she was possessed... She there's basic human things like she's not eating mm-hmm. um, and she's, you know, um, she's mutilating, self-mutilating and eating bugs in the corner. Like there's there's a point like even if because she like if it was like the true story where she was years being looked at by psychiatrists still, still like, yeah, at least if they could sedate her and give her a feeding tube or, or something, you know, yeah. I don't know, but I thought that was also good, though, now that I say that, in the courtroom, where they're like, well, what would you have done? I would have force-fed her and gave her electroshock therapy. Well, mm-hmm. there's that, too, that you know that that's going to happen. Now I'm contradicting myself. You know that if you bring her in there again, that's just what they're going to do. They're going to electrocute her brain and force-feed her and drug her. Yeah. Well, and I don't think you're contradicting yourself by saying that at all. I think it. I think it's like a lose-lose situation. Whatever yeah. she does, she's not going to be in a good place regardless. So it's like, what do you do in that situation? Do you yeah. leave her at home in the care of like your f- family and friends and stuff like that? Or do you take her to a hospital where they're just going to fucking do more harm than good? You know, with yeah. the, the electroshock therapy, like that's just not... I mean, obviously, you look back at the history of electroshock therapy. When has that ever helped anybody? Yeah. Like, electroshock therapy is something that, like, I just feel, like, even if that people do that today, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, electroshock, yeah, like, what is that going to do? You're just going to make them fucking brain dead or kill them, you know? Especially I, back in, like, the 70, the 60s, 70s, were they, like, doing lobotomies and things like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean. It's shit. insane. Yeah. I do want to say, and I apologize for what I'm about to say, but this scene I did not love and it almost it's it's like my least favorite and I have pro I have big problems with it and it's and and Michael I, I hear what you're saying as far as as a movie it kind of posits like maybe one or the other is true yeah even though they did that I still couldn't help but feel like the movie's point of view is that she was possessed mm-hmm. and that I in that scene where it was like, oh, the Virgin Mary came and spoke to her and said, you can do this or you can do that. I was like, okay, this just turned into a religious ad. Like, and I, yeah. it, oh. it, I, it really spoiled the overall experience for me. And I'm sorry. No, no, no. that's a really interesting take because I'm t- typically very turned off by, um, if, if that's the take is, is like, you know, um, that this is fact that, you know, she's a religious martyr or what have you. I didn't, I didn't take it that way. I, I, t- I took it, um, that that is what she fully believed. 
mm-hmm. that okay. this experience happened and she spoke and that's why it was like so this happened and she made a choice because that's what was in the letter um uh but i but i can see what you're saying i didn't see it that way i felt like this was showing more of, of why she was fully committed to, you know, I don't know, like leaving or staying or whatever. Was telling happening. the story. Yeah. yeah, telling the story. But then after that, they do do the counter of the stigmata mm-hmm. and the bobbed wire. So bringing back to, okay, she said this is why. But on the other hand, there's yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, and you even, like, you get that first opening shot of the barbed wire, and you see the blood dripping off of it. So it's like, are we supposed to take that as fact that she actually did do that? So it's like, what, that's the thing that confuses me, because what you were saying, Tawny, like, brought up another excellent point that I was thinking of as well. The the scenes with Laura Linney's character, when she's right. home alone, like, all the paranormal shit that's happening to her, like, it's like okay, so, like, what <laughs> what side are we choosing here? Because it's, like, sometimes it contradicts itself. Like, this film, I will say that, like, this film does do a great job at, like, making you question what's happening, but then there's times where, like, they make it seem like it's glaringly obvious that it's, like, a possession, but then other times they make it glaringly obvious that it's, like, a medical mm-hmm. thing. So it's, like, what is, what side are we playing here? Like, yeah. That, Dude, you both are right. Because uh, yeah. now I'm thinking back, because when... They wake up and they smell the fire, right? Um, you're like, oh, okay, then this it, it's a possession because mm-hmm. she she smells it. And then I'm like, well, no, maybe, you know, like after watching The Grudge, how I <laughs> couldn't get into my bed, you know, and they're more scared like that. And I'm like, no, but it's really excessive. Like it mm-hmm. smells so much that she's walking around her house. So obviously Checking it the smells. Stove. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good, yeah. I well, would like the- to rewatch it with that viewpoint. Like because mm-hmm. I, I like I I didn't like miss those parts, but I just in my brain I threw them out. Like I just yep. was like, "Oh no. The, the the movie is trying to tell me that she was possessed." And that was like that's the whole thing of this movie. And so when we got to that scene, it felt almost like preachy to me mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd like to go back and rewatch it and look at it through that lens cuz that it is worth, I think, looking at it as it is trying to provide two different options i like when movies do that yeah yeah yeah, i do too yeah i i I think see but i think they could have done better about like blurring the lines a little bit more with those scenes because like i said it's it's glaringly obvious in some scenes that this is a possession film and they make that very obvious with things that like it's like okay if they're going by the medical approach this could not be happening in the film and if they're going with the you know supernatural approach that some of the medical stuff could not be happening then so it's like I don't know. I feel like they could have done a maybe a slightly better job of like polishing those parts up because there there are a lot, there I wouldn't call them plot holes exactly, but some of the stuff now that we've gotten into a more deep discussion about it, I feel like it it really I don't know I don't know how to explain it. Like it's like it's like begging you to question which one is which, but then they're like giving you obvious scenarios where it's like okay, then this is a possession film, but then oh wait no then it's a medical film. So now I'm like right. confused. So it's like, I think they could have maybe done a better job of like maybe making it lesser known 
If that yeah, makes sense. either you blur the lines so much that through the entire movie you're questioning, is it one or the other? It could be both. It could be mm-hmm. either. Or they need to take us through a journey where it's like in the beginning we think it's medical. Oh, and then we think it's possession. Oh, wait, maybe it's medical again. No, now we're back to possession. Like, I don't know. So one of those two things needed to happen, I think. Just, And again, it's not like a huge deal. It didn't like ruin this movie for me either. Like, I, it, you know, it just was like, I wish there had been just a little bit of a difference there. I agree yeah. with you. I think if they blurred it more, it would have lent to that whole idea of possibilities and opening your mind to things that you may not believe, but mm-hmm. it's possible it's there. I love that take. Yeah. So I agree. If they would have blurred it even more, so you just had no... Yeah, I like... Yeah. Well, and I really love... You were you brought it up earlier, Felicia, the scene with um, uh, Bruner, Aaron Bruner, when she's when she's delivering her delivering her final, you know, words to the to the jury. I love that whole scene where she's talking about like the realm of possibility and oh, it's just such a touching scene in my opinion, like her acting, like the acting in this film so fucking good from everybody involved. As I said before, like this movie wouldn't be as good without, you know, Jennifer Carpenter's character, but I feel like everybody else in this film also holds their weight. Like yeah. you know, yeah. pulls their, you know, pulls their weight in you know, their acting chops and stuff like that. I feel like everybody in this film, even supporting characters are really great. And just the way that she delivers this final, like, di- like monologue to the, to the courtroom. I just love it. I, it's one of my fa- It's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. And it's like, not a lot happens in it, but it's just her delivery on this whole, like realm of possibility and opening your mind up to the possibility of this being more than what it looks like on paper or like what it looks like on the surface, you know? Yeah. And and I, I like that whole aspect of that. So, yeah. Me too. Yeah, that was one of my favorite aspects for sure. Yeah, and then I, I like the way that this uh, film kind of ends as well, where they where they um, they do find him guilty, but they they the ladies like, can we make a suggestion that we put it as time served? So basically, like, he's he is found guilty, but he's free to go basically. Yeah. And then, like, you get that scene with Aaron and her boss at the end where he's like, do you want, you know, and she's like, no, you can keep, you can take your fucking, uh, <laughs> you, because the entire movie, he's questioning her, too, because he keeps saying, like, if you keep putting him on the stand, I'm going to fire you. Yeah. You know, well, and then we forgot a very important plot point, too, that I wanted to bring up as well, Um, because when we were talking about how Aaron Bruner, her faith is constantly being tested in this film as well. You get that scene where she talks about how like Van Hopper, the Van Hopper trial, like she won that trial. He was, he was declared an innocent man. And then you get that scene a little bit later where she's in a bar and like that news broadcast comes up where he just murdered somebody. So it's like, holy shit, you know? And then, so she starts questioning herself the entire time. And I like that dynamic as well. Cause like, I like the fact that she goes against what her, her boss says to her to do something that she believes in and what she believes in is letting him tell his story. So I found that really interesting as well when, when, when she puts him back on the stand and then you see him like leave the courtroom cause he's pissed. You can tell. Yeah. And then at the end she, you know, she sticks to her morals and she's like, no, I don't want to work for you anymore. I quit. I love that too. And I love mm-hmm. how she even says to the jury, listen, my job is I sometimes have to defend very bad men. Yeah. This right here is not a bad man. He was doing everything he could to save her and do right by her. And I feel like that exactly all of what you're talking about, Michael, comes to a head right there in that moment. And then even after that where he's like, oh, you did it. You pulled it off. Like, now that you did whatever worked, we want you as partner. And she's all, you can keep it. 
I liked that that yeah. line. It was one of my favorite lines. You can yeah, keep you can it. keep it and shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pompous asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I really like. I said I I really love this film as a whole. I think it's a fantastic film. I think it's the best possession film I've seen personally, in my opinion. Um, just all around, such a good film. And as I said before, I love the I love the elements of you know all these different things sprinkled throughout. It's not just your average possession film where somebody's contorting in weird positions and, and being scary for the sake of being scary. Not saying that all possession films are like that because the last exorcism is also a very great film. You know, it, I feel like that film also relies more on story than it does just scary stuff. But as far as like a full fledged, like story with like full fleshed characters, like people that you actually care about, this film is the one that you need to watch. If you want to watch a really, really good possession film i would yeah. recommend this to anybody yeah <laughs> so and did you guys have any like other thoughts about this film before we move on into like the the closing stuff no i don't think so no i don't think so i think we covered about everything awesome. i feel like something popped into my head and then i was so i was listening to what you're saying and it went <laughs> right out but i'm i'm sure it's fine I think we could talk for, like, literally three hours about how awesome Jennifer Carpenter is. Like, that is, like, the main, like, God is so good, but... Well, I was actually talking to, um... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud. No, you're good. Say it. Say it. (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) What I wanted to say, if you guys are with me and anyone's possessed or anything, I've got you. Because all of those prayers, I could recite. (laughs) <laughs> like the the rosary, the Hail Mary, the uh, all those prayers that he re- recited. Um, I used to, I used to. Well, my I I had a previous marriage, I'm divorced, and uh, so I had to go through catechism because he was Catholic, and then oh. I went to an all girls Catholic college. So like I could, and I literally was sitting there with my husband. I'm like, Hey, honey, if anyone in the house is possessed, I got you. Because like, I know all these prayers off the top of my head, so um, we're good. Because whenever so- stuff would start happening, like remember when he was in the um, uh, oh shoot, I forget what it's called where priests live, but where he was in where he lives, uh, mm-hmm. the priest, and he's as soon as something starts happening, he just starts saying, you know that um, uh, you know Hail Mary, Holy Mary, know, Mother of God, yeah, yeah, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death, or the the Lord's Prayer, or whatever the case may be. I'm like, oh okay. Okay, now I know. <laughs> Shit starts getting crazy. If, like, the grudge lady, I start seeing her in the gaps, I'm just going to start saying those prayers. <laughs> Tawny starts speaking in tongues. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we'll call like, you. You're like, hold that thought, Tawny. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got just the thing to fix that. <laughs> she, Good to she, know. You fucking bring back a, a Snickers bar. You're like, here, Tawny, you're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> Have a Snickers <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right i got nothing else <laughs> but um as far as jennifer carpenter i was uh gonna say that i've been talking to this director on instagram that actually works with her he's like she's one of my co- like she work like i work with her on a semi-regular basis and i'm like are you fucking kidding me like that's that so cool. is awesome wow. yeah she's like she's a very great person and i was like that's awesome so maybe one day we can have her on the show and oh. you and you and tawny can come back and we can you know, do a, like a full-fledged interview with her about this film because, oh my gosh, I would love to pick her brain about this film. Yeah, so. yes. it really, yeah, there would be so much interesting stuff there just in preparation and how she did it and what, you know, even I think the thing that I'm curious about is like, how do you get yourself out of that? 
was it like super scary actually and then you had to step out of that role after it was done and try to like you know right. like cut it off like i bet yeah. that was hard mm-hmm. i would love to know her take yeah Same. on all of this you yeah. know she must have done a lot of research in general to prepare for this role like yeah what does she think yeah yeah it's 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 a bit frowned upon to like ask other people to ask that person so i like didn't you know i was like oh yep okay yeah oh no 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 she'll be on the show <laughs> someday yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. big dreamer big dreamer yes. one day she will be yeah <laughs> but yeah i don't know i i love this film i think it's a great film i think anybody that likes the possession genre and is looking for a good film that has a good story aside from also having amazing fucking scares this film is the one to watch because it's got everything i feel like so and I feel like also if you're not like a super huge, I mean, like nobody listening to this podcast right now is going <laughs> to fit into this camp. But if you have maybe have a spouse or something or a significant other that isn't super into or a friend who isn't super into like horror per se, I feel like this is a really good like potentially horror adjacent mm-hmm. movie to watch because it is horror. I, I think yeah. it firmly fits in the horror genre. But if you, you know, there's a lot of procedural moments like the courtroom stuff. So if you're, if that's not your jam but you want to watch something close like i don't know throw this out 100 percent. no you're 100 percent because steve my husband does not like horror movies doesn't <laughs> like it he hated hereditary he does he does not like horror movies and uh he really liked this movie oh that's good yeah good good yeah it is a it's a fantastic film um mm-hmm. did you guys want to get into your ratings now yeah. All right. So uh, we'll do the story rating first, and then we'll do. Um, so we'll go around. We'll all share our story rating out of ten, and then we'll go around again and do the quality rating. And then I'll tell you guys what the IMDb score was, and then we can discuss whether we think it should be lower or higher than it is, or if it should just stay where it's at. Um, so whoever wants to go first between you and Felicia, Tawny. Okay. Um, I, I can go first. Okay. First story, and we're rating out of ten. Mm-hmm. This was a really hard one. I gave it a seven. And depending on what you guys say, I might change it. I don't know. Sometimes (laughs) I can be convinced in one way or the other. But I feel like I wanted to rate it really low in in one way because of my experience with just feeling like it had a very specific point of view where it was like trying to tell me one thing. And I really didn't like that. However, Mm -hmm. I couldn't overlook the fact that this the way that this story is told, especially through the courtroom point of view was so imaginative and different, especially for this subgenre of movie, the exorcist, the exorcism subgenre. So like I, I, it was a hard one to balance, but that's where I landed was a seven. I think that's a fair rating for sure. Uh, My story rating was a 10 out of 10 because I, I, I absolutely love the story. I love, um, I love the story it was based off of. I love how they were giving you it's, you know, it could be either. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. It's te- both are terrifying that you could have that much, you know, psychosis or that you could be, you know, um, taken by demons. And were they being negligent? Were they being criminal? Or were they trying to help? Uh, so, yeah, I gave the story a 10 out of 10. Okay. Very nice. Um, I gave my story a 9 out of 10, and it's mostly just because of, like, kind of some of the glaring stuff that we talked about. Like, the, 
you know, um, certain things that I feel like could have been tweaked just slightly better to make it, you know, more of a cohesive story. But as far as like story goes, like this is like the only exorcism movie of its kind to actually do like the whole courtroom approach and not just be like a, you know, scare fest where it's just like one scene after another. It's just scary stuff happening. Like this film actually like takes its time building the story up. You know, you don't see everything right away. You know, like this, basically this film starts off right at the end of all these events that they discuss in the courtroom scene. And I, I just, I have a thing for that for films that don't follow much of a linear storyline. I think they're much more engaging, which is why I love the grudge so much is because it's so much more of like a, a non-linear linear storyline. And I feel like that's a much more interesting dynamic for me to watch. I don't know. I'm more intrigued in something that I'm like, I can, I can see things unfold as they're unfolding and I don't have to be, you know, told that, okay, this is the next scene and then this is the next scene and then this happens. You know what I mean? I like, I like the whole, like, it's easy for me to follow along with, like, it's not hard to, you know, distinguish like what's past and what's present. It's just a, and like I said, like, I just love the, um, you know, the writing in this film as well. I love the dialogue. I love, you know, just everything. Like, I like the story too. And I like how they stayed as true as they did to the story of, Annalise Michelle like they really really tried as hard as they could to stick to that story obviously like I said things are kind of up played just a slightly because it is a Hollywood film so you know obviously they have to up the ante on certain things to make it interesting but I think for the most part they stuck true to the original story and I feel like that is like something to be commended for so agreed I didn't factor that into my rating necessarily because I thought about the rating before we talked and I didn't know the original story so I think that is fair to bring in and I think they did do a really good job of of matching that I didn't really take that into consideration (laughs) you're good I think I still think a seven is really good so there's one thing you said though um because maybe I wasn't fully thinking about story either you had mentioned the um, how some of the things they didn't blur um, together enough, like those little things. Mm-hmm. I put that into quality. So oh, maybe okay. I was strictly thinking the storyline. Like, gotcha. So, um, yeah. But I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, yeah. that's a good point to, that's a good point to say. Cause like, yeah, I, did, I don't know. Like when I think of story, I think of like, I guess, like, plot and, like, where it goes from scene to scene. And then, yeah. Uh, Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I don't know. It's kind of a blurry line because they almost kind of seem like the same thing. Like, quality and story almost kind of seem, you know, somewhat the same. So it's like you really have to, like, you know, uh, figure out, like, what sets those two apart. So. Yeah. (laughs) They can overlap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tawny, what is your quality rating? So my quality rating, I am going to put this at, like, Oh, God, I actually came in thinking that I was going to give it an eight, but I might give it a nine. I might bump that up to a nine because that's all the stuff I love about this movie. Like, I love the acting. Obviously, the, it looks great. Jennifer Carpenter, again, was fucking fantastic. Like, I love all of that. And I feel yeah. like that's real done. The only problems that I have in this movie, I bucketed into the story because it's more about, like, scenes that I wish were there or, like, I wish the lines had been blurred a little bit more, that kind of stuff. So the quality, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up to a nine. Nice. Okay, so see, we are totally opposite in what I thought story (laughs) was and what I thought quality was because I gave the quality a seven. And that was based on, uh, I felt there were slow moments. I found myself, I actually wrote, first thing I wrote on my notes is it's kind of slow. Not to where it ruined it for me, but 
um, that the the blurring of the lines, the, the the different things that I had mentioned, I put that all in quality. Um, the 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 how I wanted more from the court scenes. So yeah, I put all that in quality and maybe it's story, but I think you know. <laughs> I think I think I think it's good where you have it. So, <laughs> um, for quality, for me, I gave it a solid ten because I think this is a. Like I said, I think, in my personal opinion, this is the best exorcism movie that's out there, for me, at least. I watch, I've seen this film so many times. I love this film. It it has, like, a, a type of resonance with me where it, like, really resonates, and I, like, remember it. And just certain scenes, like we were talking about earlier, like, you hadn't seen this movie in forever, Tawny, but you remember specific scenes about this film and like that's what I love yeah. about this film is that there's scenes that really set this movie apart from any other possession film of its kind so and the acting is amazing Jennifer Carpenter actually obviously we've gushed about her so much during this episode but I mean she deserves it she deserves all the praise that she gets for this film she is fucking fantastic and then everybody else aside from her is also very good too like so many heavyweights in this film um the f- cinematography, as we said earlier, fantastic. Like, you get some very memorable shots in this film that I just think are beautiful. Like, they really, I feel like the quality of this film, they really took the time to make this a good film and not just like another possession film that they just decided to just throw out there into the world and be like, okay, this is what we did. And I feel like they really, really took time to to write the film, to direct it, to, you know, all that. And I, I think that wh- is why I'm giving it like a perfect 10 out of 10, just because for me, on a quality level, it's just perfect. So. Okay, yeah. so I have to do this. Okay. I, I want to give her an 8 out of 10, purely because of how absolutely madly I, in love I am with her performance. Yeah. And you, and just to prove it, look at how many times I, I scratched out my score. It went from <laughs> 7 to 8 to 7 to 8 to 7 to 8. So I do want to give quality 8 out of 10 and story 10 out of 10. Okay, cool. I think that's fair. I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a great rating. So, um, on to the IMDb rating though. So the IMDb rating is 6.7 out of 10. So do we agree with that? Do you guys think it should be higher or do you think it should be lower or are you fine where it's at? I definitely think it's too low. I mean, even I, as a person who has a a couple problems with this movie would rate it higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. If they had it in the like seven and a half and up range i would have been like okay i can i can see that but Mm -hmm. definitely higher so what would you guys rate it then if you guys would rate it higher so if we're talking about um i feel like i've got to give it like a seven even Mm -hmm. though that's not like the average of my two ratings because i just thought okay i gave it a seven and a nine so that, you know, you would think it would put it at an eight. But I think for me personally, I would I would bring it back down to maybe a seven out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would do because thinking of all the different types of, of the IMDB, the movies and what typically things are scored, I think I would do around like a seven and a half as well. Even though I score it higher, I don't I don't know why that would be different. <laughs> Why would that be different? I'm like taking in the collective amount yeah. of people in the world and how when we're usually looking at these ratings, how people um, like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, how it typically lands. And I feel like how movies typically land, this should have at least landed in like a seven and a half range. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm going to have to give it like a seven and a, or a seven and a half also. Probably a seven and a half just because I I personally love this movie so much and I think it definitely deserves higher. So I was like, 6.7, huh? Okay, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess with that 0.7, it inches a little bit closer to a seven, but yeah, it does, it does feel low. Yeah. yeah, especially for a film that was like, I don't know, so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I don't know, but... Uh, and I think we already talked about our favorite scenes and our least favorite scenes, but do we want to get back into that for a second? Um, I think I we think all I agreed. Exhausted my. <laughs> <laughs> our favorite scene is obviously the barn scene, which was yep. uh, oh, yeah. fantastic. My least favorite scene again is just that reveal of the, uh, you know, Virgin Mary in her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I. It's hard for me to pick a a scene that I don't like, but hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think it's a fantastic movie. So (laughs) yeah, I had mentioned some of the court scenes, which I mean, that's saying something though. I like them all. Mm -hmm. I just wished that there was more interrogation of the witnesses and stuff. Yeah. So my least favorite scenes were scenes I liked. (laughs) I just wish there was more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's <laughs> totally agree with that. Um, but are you guys ready to get into the quiz portion of this uh, episode? Let's yes. do it. Okay, so I have 12. Do I have 12? Que- yes, I have 12 questions. So each of you will have six questions each. So okay. um, whoever wants to go first between the two of you. Are we answering then different questions? Yeah, yeah. So I have multiple choice questions here and they're all different. So like, And they're whoever- about the movie? Mm-hmm, yep. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I try to I try to do like a quiz at the end of every episode just based solely on the film that we're talking about, just because I feel like if it was like horror related, it would be like more broad. So it's yeah. like, yeah. you know. All right. So who wants to go first? I'm scared, but I'll go first. <laughs> I I could go. I'm scared, too, though. But... <laughs> you guys could rock, paper, scissors it out. <clears throat> OK, ready? Rock, paper. Uh, do we go on shoot or do we go on three? Yeah, yeah shoot. go on shoot. Okay. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, you go. Okay. All right. So, Tawny, question number one. This is an easy one. So, who played the title character Emily Rose? Was it A, Winona Ryder, B, Amanda Bynes, C, Jennifer Carpenter, or D, Linda Blair? <laughs> Jennifer Carpenter. Ding, ding, ding. Obviously, Bastard. I was like, I was like, that would be cut. <laughs> well, this one's, this one's pretty easy, Not too. you, Tawny. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, Felicia, question number two. Where was Emily first attacked by what she perceived as a dark force? Was it A, the hospital, B, her dorm room, C, the barn, or D, the church? Okay, her dorm room. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Going one for one right now, so. All right, so question number three, Tawny. Why did Erin Bruner accept the case to defend Father Moore? A, she'd had a similar experience to Emily's. B, to make senior partner at her firm. C, she was deeply religious and believed in Father Moore, or D, all of the above? Uh, B, she wanted to make partner. That is correct. All right. All right, so question number four, Felicia. This is a true or false question. So Emily's good friend Jason reported to Aaron that Emily believed that she had first become possessed inside the hospital. True or false? True. 
That's correct. I was like, like fully possessed, but definitely inside of the, there was some, yeah, I got all nervous. <laughs> you were like questioning yourself there for a second. Is I could this see, a trick? Yeah, I could, I could see the wheels in your head turning. You're like, oh shit, is this a trick question? Yeah, because those true or false questions, sometimes they'll get you. Sometimes yeah. it's like, yeah. So you really have to kind of go through your mind and be like, okay, no, I know that it's this because of that. Yeah. You have such a good poker face. I looked at you and you were like. I could just couldn't tell. I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, is it true or false, Felicia? <laughs> and then I said an answer and you looked at me like, you are wrong. And I went, are you sure that's the answer you want to go with, Felicia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So question number five, Tawny. What was Father Moore's only wish during his trial? A, to tell Emily's story. B, to have his reputation repaired. C, to not be found guilty or to be found not guilty. Or C or D to convince people Emily had killed herself. That's a weird one. Uh, he definitely even said, I don't give a shit about my reputation. He didn't say that. It was like, I'm paraphrasing. But <laughs> I'm going to go with A uh, to tell Emily's story. Good job. Yep, yep. So far, you guys have gotten all the questions right. These are These are pretty easy questions. I just honestly pulled them off of like, I literally look up like Exorcism Emily Rose trivia. And it, that's just like the questions that come up. So <laughs> um, I love that you do this. I forgot that you do this and I love it. This is great. I know. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's kind of fun. Like, I think it's just a fun way to kind of like end the episode on like a, a high note, you know? So yeah, I imagine your listeners are like answering. Come on, Tony. Come on, Felicia. <laughs> this is the answer. <laughs> yeah. People were probably like throwing a fit when Josh was on here and he was answering all the zombie questions wrong. They're I was. Like, Josh. Get it together. Yeah. I was listening, but I was I was also wrong. I was I, I, I they were hard, and I'm a Rob Zombie fan also. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, shit, these are really hard. So it like totally was not Josh. I I was like, oh, that one question. I was like, oh, it's 31 that Sid Haig was in. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's 31 for sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. And it was not. And I was like, Jesus, I don't know a damn thing. I blame Josh just because he you know, claims he's a self-proclaimed Rob Zombie fan. And then he, you know, he only gets like four questions out of seven. Right. So. Oh, true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right, Tawny. Question number six. Wait, Wait, it's my turn. Yeah. it's Felicia. Oh, Felicia. Sorry. Yeah. Felicia. Question number six. According to her mother, why had Emily gone to college? A, to be a pediatrician. B, to become a lawyer. C, to be a veterinarian. Or D, to become a teacher. D, teacher. Yep. Good job. Oh, I did not know that one. Okay, good job. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) I see me and Tommy, Tawny, me and Tawny are on the same team, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, we are, like, trying to get a good score. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, question number seven, Tawny. What was the medication used to treat Emily's presumed medical condition of psychotic epileptic disorder? A, Gambutrol. B, Phenax. Phenoplaxal, C, halopurinol, or D, all were used? Uh, A, gambitrol. Yep. Nice job. Nice job. All right, Felicia, question number eight. How many demons spoke from Emily during the exorcism? A, it was. it is never mentioned. B, three, C, six, or D, one? Six. C. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. You guys are like on a roll here. You guys have not mm-hmm. gotten a single question wrong yet. So knock on wood. Yeah. I like that there's multiple choice. This is very helpful. Oh yeah, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I ace multiple choice questions. Even in high school when we had to do multiple choice quest 
questions. I was like, I have a very good photographic memory. So I was like, okay, that is obviously the right one. So I fucking am so good at multiple choice. Not to toot my own horn, but you know. (laughs) That's my superhero. Yeah. Superpower. So, all right. Question number nine, Tani. After the exorcism, what did Emily do? A, went crazy. B, spoke to God. C, attempted to kill herself. Or D, fell into a deep sleep. Hmm. This is it. This is the first one that I'm not 100% sure about. I think, though, that it's D, went into a deep sleep. Yeah, because he even says it because he says after after the exorcism, she went into a deep sleep and it was like a complete failure or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Okay. Nice job. job. Close one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number 10, Felicia. Father Moore read a letter Emily wrote after the exorcism and stopped at the following quote. People say God that say that God is dead. What came next? A, but how can they think that if I show them the devil? B, and the reality is he is alive in all of us. C, but once they see what's happening to me, they'll know. Or D, because no one believes he isn't. A. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It's a very, that's like one of the most memorable lines in that film, I feel like. I couldn't repeat the whole thing, but A. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tani. Question number 11. The university doctor claimed that Emily was epileptic and schizophrenic, but a Dr. Aaron called to the stand said that Emily was what? A, a psychic, B, none of these, C, a victim of possession, or D, a hypersensitive? Uh, will you read the question again? Yeah. Sorry, it kind of, it, it's a little, uh, it is a little confusing the way that whoever wrote this question worded it. Cause I literally just copied and pasted. So don't yeah. blame me for the bad, <laughs> the bad wording on here. Um, the university doctor claimed that Emily was epileptic and schizophrenic, but a doctor Aaron called to the stand said that Emily was what a, a psychic B none of these C a victim of possession or D a hypersensitive. Oh shit. You got this because you said it earlier. Mm-hmm. You did say it earlier. You said oh, okay. it earlier. A hypersensitive. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it, that one was very confusing, actually, because there were several people called yeah. to the stand. You have the doctor who prescribed her the Gambu trial. You have the doctor who came in on the possession. And then you have that other lady who I didn't know if they were considering her a doctor, but she talks about mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, po- like exercise Spirituality and, and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But very good job. Very good. Yeah, that was a very confusing question. Now that I'm reading that, I'm like, Ugh. anyway, yeah, I should have worded that differently. Sorry. No, you're okay. <laughs> All right. So, oh shit, did I literally just copy and paste the same question twice? Hypersensitive. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I copied and <laughs> I copied and pasted the question that you answered earlier, Felicia. The one where oh. why had Emily gone to college? Um. Okay. Oh, so she's let me teacher. Yeah. Let me. Oh shit. Let me think of a question off the top of my head here. Let me see if I can. Oh man. All right. So I have the next. I have the last question. Sorry about that, guys. Okay. <clears throat> I no hadn't even realized that I copied and pasted the same question. All right. So question number twelve. Final question, Felicia. Where was Erin when she received the news that James Van Hopper had murdered a local couple? A, inside the courtroom, B, at her house, C, in a bar, or D, visiting Father Moore in his cell? C, in a bar. Yep. Good job. So you guys got every question right. I'm proud of you guys. Wow. We did it. You guys are the trivia masters so far in in this episode, so... Ask every other guest extremely hard questions so that we hold our title. Yes. Oh, I will, for sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was really fun. I really enjoyed this movie discussion with you guys. Thank you for coming. Oh on. my gosh, we did too. Yes. I know I did. I loved it. <laughs> it was so much fun, and it was such an honor to be on your podcast. It yes, was it great. was. Yes, we're gonna have to um, definitely make plans in the near future to come on each other's again because I need some more two chicks and a horror flick in my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we need more of you. We yes. have so much fun. We would absolutely love to do that. Yay! All right. Well, let's do that off the record for sure. We'll uh, we'll we'll plan some more dates and times. So. I'm excited. Me too. But um, did you guys, before we go, did you guys want to um, remind the listeners where they can find you? A little bit about your, more another shameless plug before we go? Yeah. Sure. Felicia, you want to take that? Okay. <laughs> We're two chicks in a horror flick. I'm Felicia Connor. <laughs> and I'm Tony Wright. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us everywhere. So uh, two chicks in a horror flick, really everywhere. We're, our main hub is Instagram. That's where we're most active. We also have a, a private Facebook group, um, and it's at two chicks in a horror flick. Um, uh, Twitter is two chicks HF, but everywhere else you can find us at two chicks in a horror flick dot com. Um, and yeah, am I missing? Any? Oh, and if you want to listen to the podcast on any podcast platform you want to listen we're there um you can even ask alexa <laughs> nothing alexa but. <laughs> <laughs> she's like i think you said <laughs> yes yes <laughs> two chicks and a dick and you're like no no, no not that two Stop. chicks and a horror flick <laughs> oh, okay man. searching results for two chicks and a dick <laughs> Nobody do that. Oh, That's man. not us. <laughs> Starts blasting like a porno in the in your freaking house, and the neighbors come over and they're like, um, "Excuse me, would you mind turning that down?" Like, oh, oh, Michael, I'm sorry. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. I always forget this. You can also find us on YouTube, because yes. we've had we've have had people who are like, "I'm not really into podcasts, but we have a YouTube channel." So same thing, two chicks and a horror flick. If you if you prefer that. I love that. Yeah, I need to go check out because um, I just uh, listened to our episode of Jennifer's Body, but I haven't watched it yet. So I'm, I'm interested uh, to go back and watch that. So oh, yeah. very excited. That was probably like in my top five favorite episodes I've ever done on this like show so far, like being on your guys' podcast. Like that was such a fun discussion, like to actually like go into that film and just it was just so much fun. And I had so much fun talking about this film with you guys as well. So, oh, my God, I'm so excited to have you guys on again. At some yeah, point. I think that was our top in our top five too. Totally. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we've gotten so much good feedback on that that episode with you. So thank you again for bringing it and coming in, on and talking about it with us on our podcast. It was incredible. So yeah, well, people you love you, Michael. Oh. People yeah. love you. They really, really, really do. They do. I just want you to know that. Well, they love you too. So I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're we're, all, we're not sure. <laughs> we're pretty confident about you. But... <laughs> But us, we're not so sure. We'll have to get back to you on that. But... Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, oh, Michael man. likes us, everybody. Just kidding. Yes, I love you both so much. Like, you guys are so fucking awesome. Like, I can't wait till this COVID shit is over and we can, like, start traveling again and visiting each other because, oh, my God, like, I have so many plans to, like, visit you guys. And then, like, on top of that, like, so many people that I've met in this community, like, I'm just, like, so excited to get out there and, like, meet everybody. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very excited about that. So thank you guys for coming on again. Um, if you guys want to find me, you can find me at the We Love Horror Podcast. Um, I'm on Instagram at We Love Horror Podcast as well. I'm on, I am on Twitter, but I 
haven't posted anything on there. I've been very bad about that. Very negligent on Twitter. Um, but uh, you can also email me at welovehorrorpod at gmail.com. And um, if you want to leave me a five-star rating interview on Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Um, yes. And then anyone that has not had the chance to listen to Two Chicks and a Horror Flick, please, please go listen to them. They are fucking amazing. What an amazing couple of gals. I love you guys so much. And thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>